Legend in My Spare Time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. Legend in My Hey there, this is everyone's favorite women's champion, Mickey James, and you are listening to Legend in My Spare Time Podcast. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listen good. Hi, this is Carl Weathers, and you're listening to Legend in My Spare Time Podcast. Hey, this is Sean Chamble, voice of Goku from Dragon Ball Z, and you're listening to Legends in My Spare Time, or your spare time. And I play a legend in my spare time. <laughs> all right. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. Welcome to a special edition of your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. That's right. Legend in my spare time, baby. Back in our off week. Well, on the weekend of Snowmageddon 2018, we are legit snowed in here in South Wales. So needless to say, there's no just Johnny here. He couldn't get out of his house if he wanted to, and I assure you, he doesn't want to. But the reason for this episode is it's very special. I recently had a chance to catch up with the one and only Magic Fitzpatrick. A lot of you will know him as my co-host from Smart Marks, the universe's greatest pro wrestling podcast. As well as one of my nearest and dearest, the one, the only, J.J. Hawkins of Mars Needs Podcasts. We use the podcast as an excuse to sit down, to get together, and just talk some shit. It does turn into a wrestling show as it's bound to with the three of us chatting with each other. But more than that, it's three buddies catching up, having a nice conversation on a snowy evening. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Please don't forget to check us out on the Twitter, at Legend Podcast, hashtag L-I-M-S-T. And don't forget, we are proud to be part of the hashtag Pardern Family. It allows us to meet many other cool podcasts and allow you to hear them too. Just like our boys over at the Buffet Boys, special shout out to them. A special shout out as well to I Got the Hell Out, a podcast featuring a lady that spent 10 years in a fucking cult. And as the title gives away, she got the hell out. Check out that fantastic podcast. Also check out Dinner in a Podcast about three best buddies in Staten Island who grew up together. Comedy, movies, TV shows, podcasts, general Tom Foolery, that podcast is also outstanding. And as always, our dear friend Dr. Squee Oliver at the Gallifrey Stands podcast, who is currently right now, as I record this intro, recording one hell of a special episode for the Gallifrey Stands podcast. That's coming out soon, episode 200. So make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss it because there's also a little something else in there that you, legend in my spare time listeners, might be, might be excited to hear. And that's a brand new theme song to the Gallifrey Stands podcast by yours truly, Matt Motherfucking Lees. That's right. He he asked me, nay, dared me to make a hip-hop-ish version of the Doctor Who theme. So I had to respond in kind and do exactly what he asked for. So check it out at the Gallifrey Stands podcast. All right, I'm going to stop talking because I want you to hear my extended chat with Fitzy, my extended chat with J.J. Hawkins, two fellow podcasters that I consider part of the family. I consider them my family. Much love to those boys. Check it out. Here's our impromptu podcast. We'll see you next week. 
back with just Johnny for a regular episode. But until then, enjoy. Nice and natural like. Uh, Mr. J.J. Hawkins is my guest. Uh, a man without whom there would be no legend in my spare time because I think we were still single digits uh, the first time that he had to fill in uh, for an absent co-host. So uh, wonderful to have him here. Good friend. Nice to catch up. J.J. Hawkins of Mars Needs Podcast is in the his house. Howdy, 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 howdy. Yeah, I don't remember how many how many you got with I feel like it was seven or eight before you were before you were already a guest. In my memory, it was like two, but yeah, <laughs> could be. You could very well be correct because Dave K was just you know, uh, he was very great. Dave K. Yeah, a great voice. That guy had a great voice for podcasting. It's a shame that uh, that things didn't work out. I I feel like uh, Kevin Smith in a way because if I could just stick my hand up Dave K's ass. And just work him like a puppet, I could have the greatest podcast in the world. But he's very Dave K, so that never happened. In fact, in the last six months, we've made three different arrangements to record a podcast. <laughs> he's no showed every time. Shout out to you, Dave K, if you're listening to this. Uh, well, Elizabeth and I have a friend that. Well, I, let me. I should rephrase this. Uh, Elizabeth and I used to have a friend. Uh-oh. Elizabeth has. I don't talk to him anymore. Yeah, but. Uh, and I talk to him anymore is just that I cannot stand somebody that like you can stand me up once. Yeah. Once one, I'll be like, okay, well something happened. Stand me up twice. I'm like, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, next time if we, tr- if you try to tell me that you want to do something I that, you know, th- there will be backup plans. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, Dude, I love, uh, you know, he and I worked together. We were pals when we worked together because he'd show up to work, but he would show up to nothing else. And he always wanted to do the podcast. Uh, and and so I spent uh, a couple of Saturdays just hanging out with my stuff all hooked up, waiting for him. And this is back in the day, uh, I, uh, back when the recording sounded much worse, but I would end up uh, set up a lot more equipment for it because I didn't know how to record at yeah, all. yeah. <laughs> so I just have all the shit all over the house forever to hook up and mic stands and all this shit. And then, yeah. And then he just never show. Yeah. And then you're sitting, you're, you're sitting there like a jackass with your headphones on and your fucking microphone ready to go all eager. And you're like, I don't think he's coming. Yeah. Uh, story of my life. Dave K did that to me so many times, but Hey, there you go. That's podcasting again, folks. Great voice. Very, uh, very funny. There are, I used to think that uh, you and our pal Zach had uh, uh, just a, a, a huge just boon in the fact that your co-hosts both had great voices. Weller has got like one of the best voices in podcasting. Absolutely. Uh, also, one of the ones within the first 10 episodes was a co-host. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I there's no lie in it. I designed the entire idea of a podcast around the fact that Dave K would be the co-host. Since then, we've gotten off the rails, and I've just held on to my balls, or ball, depending on which <laughs> way you want to look at it. <clears throat> uh, I have a surprise for you, JJ, keeping in uh, kayfabe being what it is. I have a surprise okay. for you. A surprise, okay. That's right. 
Um, why can't I add somebody to Skypeage to this conversation? Um, that's a good question. Let's see. I, I I'm looking at things now to see how to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. What's this plus sign? Yeah, add people. Okay, so I don't know how uh, how new your your Skype is, but down at the bottom, I've got a microphone, All a right. yeah, and on that plus, it says add people. Fascinating podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it because I have no idea who you're adding. Uh, exactly, because it's do you, but do you have said person? Yes. <laughs> Could you just try to add them then? <laughs> I'll be happy to. All right, just play along, you know. <clears throat> I will be completely surprised. Classic podcast moment is I'm going to say, I'll just delete this part. But we all know that is not going to happen. So, Oh, that's so hard to do. It is, right? Oh. Oh. Uh, so, JJ, I have a surprise for you. You have a surprise for me? I do, and I think he's on the line now. Uh. <laughs> uh, fool me All once, has- shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on. Sh- won't be fooled again. <sighs> oh, jeez. Yeah, but you take him now, wouldn't you? Uh well, let's let's not go there. <laughs> uh. Did it call that person? The person seems to be like in the. On my side, anyway, of course. The person's in the picture. Uh, okay, because I'm not seeing the picture. Huh. But I'm seeing uh, said person's name. Very, very strange. On this call. Yeah, I'm not seeing him in the call. I will, I'm going to try. Fuck it, I'm trying it again. Okay. Okay, I see it call I see it calling, I think. Do 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 Very strange. <laughs> oh no, maybe some will get cut. Just yeah, because of now it is, yes. <laughs> oh hey Hello? Uh, there we go. So we'll start again. JJ, I have a surprise for you, and I think he's on the line now. Why do you? What is the surprise? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Magic Fitzpatrick is in the his house. Uh, legit have not spoken to you, sir, in, well, voice-wise anyway, in, in quite some time. In quite a while. Too long. The last time I spoke to Fitzy was we were talking about The Force Awakens. And somehow I suspected we'd end up talking about The Last Jedi today. <laughs> uh, you know, it could happen, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Oh, 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 oh! Sorry, I'm watching outside and the next door neighbor kid's basketball net just toppled over in the storm. <laughs> oh, man. So, live from Storm again in 2018. Um,. Where it's officially I, been called the beast from the east. The beast our, from the, boom, of the woods. Boom, 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 boom. 
I was about to say, wasn't that a Brock Lesnar? Uh, it was. WWE special? Yeah, it was. Well, actually, it's just lots of tiny Brock Lesnar's breezing around the, the area and giving people F5s. That's why it's such a... I don't know, but I heard Brock Lesnar was a bitch. I, that's what I heard. Calm down, Roman Reigns. <laughs> uh, fuck it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right away then because that's, that's where it's going to go inevitably. Welcome to a secret <laughs> surprise edition of Smart Marks. Hello, this is Mick Foley, and you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Boom, boom. What is everything? I think it's just bang, bang. Oh, then you say it. Bang, bang. All right, that was good. Edging in my Motherfucker. Welcome to Smart Marks. I, I, I'm making no apologies for this one. If you don't like wrestling, go fuck yourself. In-depth analysis of the WWE. We, we had to find a kind of a dirty corner of the internet to, to discuss our CD interests. Pay-per-view results. Results from Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to be honest with you, I fast-forwarded. I always do. Rumors, fantasy booking, unbiased bitching, and much more. With your hosts, Matt Lees. He's Canadian too. Did you invent him being Canadian? And the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. Oh, Wayne Deagle. Sorry, I thought you said Wayne Deagle. I thought that was some wrestler I'd never heard. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> All right, so we're just a few weeks away from the big fucking whatever they call it, the big show, WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I, I, I told actually before we go any further i told uh, matt earlier that i had one wrestling thing that i was going to mention this is the perfect place to interrupt and do it and i know you two are going to laugh at me but the fact of the matter is we are recording this on march 1st and yesterday big show quietly let his uh contract expire so this is the first day of big show's retirement and what? so i mean the man was a legend uh, and I mean, granted, he has been a, a, a kind of a joke of his of his former self in uh, the last couple of years, but he was you know he did a good job at putting people over. Uh, that last cage match he had uh, was really surprising for someone of of his size and his age. So I did want to at least just take a moment to say thank you, Big Show, because they're not going to he didn't want it in the ring, so he's not going to get it. He d- he actively didn't want uh, goodbye. No, he just wanted to. Be, he just wanted to. Uh, he, they talked about getting him a, a match at the, uh, elimination chamber and he said, no, uh, he just wanted to quietly let his contract expire. Oh, well, fair play. If that's what he wants. Now, um, he's rumored now to have, to get a, uh, a Mark Henry kind of spot where he'll pop up occasionally and be on the show and he works as an ambassador for the WWE. But, uh, but yeah, big show is retired. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's I'm- nothing for us to make fun of you of, about. No, not at all. That's a I mean, great I, show. I always, thought he was, I always thought he was cool as fuck. Um, I mean, but, you know, he's sometimes booked in, as you said, in his last few years in a kind of a a lame way considering his size and perceived threat. But no, as a, as a performer and as a professional and in interviews, he always came across as really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he was responsible for one of the my funniest uh, memories of Dragon Con, which was after... Uh, the Dragon Con one year, I was watching, uh, we watched the set on that Monday, watch Raw. It was Jason, uh, myself, and Isaac. <laughs> Where did and, you watch it? Uh, it was just in one of our hotel rooms. Okay. 
Uh, and it was during the period of time where uh, where Stephanie was just making Big Show cry all the time. I was like, you're poor! <laughs> <laughs> and so everything in the world became an innuendo for punching Stephanie McMahon in the face. Excellent. And, like, I'm going to go get a soda. And by go get a soda, I mean I'm going to punch Stephanie McMahon in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so um, the shout out to Big Show then, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's the retired show. Anyway, Dude, what were you saying I mean, before? So rudely interrupted, there, uh, 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 Matt. Um, you know, I'm gonna level with you. I don't, I don't know. He was the only big man that to do a moonsault, which always impressed me. I mean, not not in his later years, but as the giant and stuff, he could do a moonsault and yeah. not land on his fucking neck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, more, he, more than the more than the beast from the east can climb. That's yeah, that's true. So, speaking of the beast from the east, how do we all feel about another WrestleMania main event for fucking Roman versus Brock? Um, WrestleMania will be a half hour shorter for me this year. Yeah, exactly. At least let's just hope they put it on last. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> unless they go the full. Uh, women's Revolution year route and make Rousey versus Steph the main event. Just so they said women re- main event at WrestleMania. I think they want that thing to say. I think it's going to be a mixed match though of Triple H and <coughs> Stephanie against Kurt Angle and Ronda, right? I've yeah. I've heard that I've heard that, but I've also heard rumors of it just being Steph versus Rousey. If it's just There's Steph and Rousey, I don't think it'll go on last. I don't think so. No, there's also rumors going around right now that um, Lesnar might uh, that apparently he did actually uh, no kayfabe like just not show to Raw. Huh. Oh, so that uh, work shoot was more shoot than work from Roman. Yeah, I mean, the court you can never tell. I mean, even when it's not a work, it's a work, of course. Yeah. But uh, he apparently apparently Lesnar's dates you know his, his contracted dates are not done but his his appearances on non uh pay-per-views is is expired so he doesn't have to show up if he doesn't want to and and, and i guess there's this thing now of since uh wwe guy uh ronda uh i guess dana white's really trying to get lesnar yeah of course so they are now kind of they're they are they have I've I've read in a couple spots now there is a backup match uh being planned for uh Strowman versus Lesnar at Mania. Uh do you mean uh, Roman versus uh, Lesnar? Uh Roman versus Strowman? No, Roman versus Strowman. Strowman Roman. Yeah, I don't know what I said. Strowman <laughs> Roman. He said, said Strowman Lesnar and my Oh, well, that was stupid cuz Lesnar's not Yeah. But for me <laughs> for me flat out the the uh the 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 headline the main event of, of mania this year unless they fuck it up because there's also rumors that they might fuck this up but is going to be aj shinsuke which would be beautiful don't you, mean, don't you mean shinsuke and cena that that's where i said they might fuck it up and if they fuck that up then i don't even know that i'll watch mania this year let, let, yeah without now, i mean without shinsuke aj i don't think i would either exactly now Stay calm now, boys, but I'm going to pitch you away, and I know this is me saying this, so don't fall down. I'm going to pitch you away where I'm okay with Cena having a title match at Mania. Go ahead. It's, it, the, the, the main problem with I don't want it to happen, but because the main problem is you have to take out Shinsuke because my scenario involves Cena winning the belt at Mania, 
and breaking Ric Flair's record. It's not a moment I want to happen, but my thing is, if not Cena, then who? It's probably going to be Roman to break it. If not Cena, I'd rather Cena break it. So if that was the angle they were taking, I'd be okay with Cena winning the belt at Mania. Um, Crickets. Uh, um, I can, just, just I can see what I would. I would say that if they were to do the thing that I don't want them to do, which is make them break Flair's record, which isn't really his record anyway. He has more belts than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but his official record, I don't want them to do it. I don't think John Cena deserves it. But if they were to do it, I can see why they would do it at a WrestleMania as opposed to a lesser pay-per-view. Yeah, and doesn't Cena deserve it more than anyone else at the moment, really? Like, nobody should do it, but who else? You know it'll just be Roman in like a year and a half when he gets to 17 or 16. I mean, the person I think would deserve it more, but not that I think they should get it either at all. But if you were talking on merit, Triple H more than Cena? I guess the you're prob- right. Here's and here uh, this is major controversial take here. So uh, <laughs> I I gotta say of of the three that we just mentioned, I would actually rather see it be Roman because Roman's full time. Yeah, well, right. Okay. Yeah. True. And I mean, this, I mean, this is the podcast where we used to scream about full time, part time. So I'm totally with you on that. But will he? I be, mean, he's going to be the same as these guys, right? He'll eventually be a part timer too. Well, I, no, he can't act. <laughs> right, he'll, he'll be full time till he dies. He'll be Orton. Yeah, he'll only ever do WWE produced movies. <laughs> you mean he's not Aquaman in the straight to DVD sequel? <laughs> Dude, bro, let's go water surface. DC has like sunk that low that WWE Films is making Aquaman two reign like supreme. Stellanetta playing the uh, playing the genie in the sequel to Aladdin. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. We can't get Jason Momoa, but we got the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you. Uh, and, and of course, I, I know, and he's got history wearing blue contact lenses, so that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> exactly, JJ. You were you were you were dropping knowledge. Oh no no no! I, I just uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, so it's okay. Uh, but I, oh, I was going to say well, the thing about Roman this time. So last time. Roman got the belt at Mania. Of course, we were all really fucking happy that Seth took it off of him right away. Um, and, of course, we don't have that right now. Oh, no, see, he never even got the belt. The, That's the, right, the Brock yeah. Roman match never ended. That's Seth true. cashed in the middle of the match, which I thought was their way around him getting the belt. I thought they were going to basically go, oh, Seth cashed in too early, foolishly, and failed. But, yeah, you know, and for the next for the next four months, Brock's thing was you never beat me, or, or Paul Heyman's yeah. thing was my client right. was never defeated. Right, true that. And yeah, didn't Brock go fucking ape shit the next night on Raw? I, I believe he had a little bit of a patty, as we would say here in the UK. Oh, right. yeah, That's, yeah, because he got like he a was, time out or something like that. Yeah. But it was like, but it was like a face tantrum. He like he was over as fuck. The crowd loved it. Is that when he ripped the car door off and threw it into the crowd almost? I just remember him trashing the tables, the you know cameras, all sorts of stuff, and you know beating up a bunch of security people, and the crowd were into it, and then he kind of disappeared again until SummerSlam, I think. Yeah. But um, but the, they've built up at least this time when they built up Roman's supposed title reign. I mean, 
I want Lesnar to lose the belt. Lesnar's had it too much, and he hasn't been around enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the belt needs to be on the show. The belt needs to be defended. And Roman's probably, I mean, Roman's the one built up to have it, so he's the one who kind of needs to have it right now, unless they give it to The Miz. Yeah, but, I mean, after... I after I'd say that. <laughs> after after elimination chamber though, like who was the one person that you know if you were writing the most obvious opponent for the champion to be in a month's time after the performance of elimination chamber there was only one person that was built up to look amazing in that match and that was Strowman. Yeah, if, right. if, if only his weakness wasn't that darn spear. Two darn spears. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Two. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me, Braun. They're, Two spears. The really, really intense hugs with a bit of velocity behind them. That's right. I mean, so. I think you speared me at the airport. <laughs> First time we met. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> That was a lot of uh, hugging and a lot of velocity. There we <laughs> were in our matching CM Punk t-shirts, <laughs> waving at each other from two different levels of the airport. Uh, <laughs> Shouting racist obscenities at each other. Uh, no, that, that was you in Atlanta, baby. Yeah, you Pavlovian. <laughs> you, you you hit me with a Pavlovian trigger. Yeah, my um, favorite, it was unfair. My favorite part of the whole moment was, though, there's like five of us. You said it, and the four of us just walked away immediately in unison and just <laughs> left you standing there by yourself. But <laughs> oh. enough of that. Oh. <laughs> oh, Dragon Con. Still one of the greatest times of my life, folks. Yeah. So you got to make sure I you still, get there at least once. I'm going back sometime. I think at least at one more time in our lives, we should uh, all uh, cram into a smelly, vomit-soaked hotel room. Well, yeah. if, if there's no JJ and there's no Fitzy, I ain't going. You know, and uh, <laughs> oh, so sugar. As you'll remember from last time, bit of a princess, so don't take this the wrong way, but I'll be getting my own room with the wife. <laughs> yes, well, and I don't mean well, no, podcast you, you, wife Fitzy. I mean actual wife Rachel. <laughs> yeah, you've you've evolved into proper grown up now. So. Yeah, that's right. Jesus, if you think the things that have changed since the last time we did a Smart Marks or I did a podcast with JJ, really, um, there's been many, many happenings. Do you know um, what hasn't changed? What's that? Roman, Roman at the Red Man event at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's right. That's the one consistent. <laughs> Uh, you know, J- JJ, uh, as you've mentioned, has started a, fi- a brand new career. Um, I think it's fair to say both Fitzy and I almost fucking died. So we're yeah. having, we're having it. It's been a long time, you know. But still, Roman is persevering through persevering through all of that. And in a way, isn't that what got us through all the tough times? Yeah, man. When I was when I was when I was there having that damn treatment, I was thinking if Roman can get through it, I can get through it, brother. Ooh-ah. And if I was, while I was suffering from the thing that nearly killed Brock Lesnar, all I could think of was the man who will eventually defeat Brock Lesnar. And I, I took the same, I don't know, the same tactic or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do the same as me and do a big hoo-ah before you took your meds? Of course. Yeah, and the, and the Superman Mostly out of the pain, ball. though. They were, that was involuntary noise. But <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. Similar. You got to make sure you cock the pill bottle. That's right. Every time. The nurses sure thought I was fucked up a little bit. Although, I got to say, I feel like the shittiest friend in the world, man. I have been so detached 
that I had no idea that went down, Fitzy. I'm sorry. Oh shit! And I kept that shit offline. I didn't. I, I wasn't uh, posting sorry. pictures or anything. I know enough about Brock that I know what what was going on, and that's horrible. So I'm sorry. Oh no, it's alright. It's alright. It was. It was a. Uh, I, I lay. I laid in hospital for ten days and played Breath of the Wild. Okay. Watched lots of uh, next gen while while the hole in my stomach healed. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, yeah, now I can safely say that me and Brock Lesnar both kicked its ass. So that's right. Cool. That's right. There and, you no, go. and neither of us, and neither of us, and also Oops. neither of us are going to be walking away with the belt at WrestleMania. So. <laughs> that's fact. But imagine having a UFC match while that was going on. He, he did. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I always think. I actually got that many times. I was like, how the fuck did this asshole fight people while this was going on? And then I kind of gave me a proper measure of the, the kind of man I am by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love those moments where you're like, oh, that's a real man. Shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've just been cosplaying <laughs> as a man. <laughs> I would have lost a UFC bout against no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he won against an actual opponent. Yeah, but Fitzy, Fitzy you still would have beat CM Punk. But a bum. Oh we my both god! Made the CM Punk joke. Yeah, did we? Perfect. It's beautiful. <laughs> See, what did I say about we're fucking for the first time in a long time, and now we got our rhythm going. Best in the world at some things. That's right. <laughs> Not a fighting baby, shit. You should stick no. to the pretend stuff because you got your oh, ass kicked. This shit is real. <laughs> I, I love the, I love the he moment. Hit me serious. Yeah. Hey Vince, he really hit me. <laughs> I, I love the promo of Stephanie McMahon saying something like, "If you can keep that chant going a few more seconds, you'll go longer than CM Punk did." Oh. <laughs> and sometimes a burn is so good, you're just like, "Yep, get." Yeah. It. Even when it comes from an asshole like that, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll raise a glass to that. Yeah, I got it. Yep, beautiful. He's about to uh, he's about to host a show on Netflix that is cheesy as fuck, but I'm really happy he's going to host it. Nice. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the show Ultimate Beastmaster? No. No. But so, I'll, I'll watch it. Well, okay, so the first season, I haven't watched the second season, but the first season, the uh, uh, the American host was Terry Crews, and he's fun. But he's uh, CM Punk's going to take over the American hosting job uh, for season three. Now, what what the uh, uh, Ultimate Beastmaster is, it, it's a completely impossible obstacle course. Okay. And that's all the show is, is just this, this like, a completely impossible obstacle course that is somehow kind of shaped like a dragon and you just watch elite athletes uh, go as far as they can before they fail. It's is it just similar, one of, is it similar to that thing that Stephen Amell crushed? Uh, the uh, American Ninja Warrior? Yeah, is it similar to that in some sort of way? In the fact it's an obstacle course, yeah. All right, All right. cool. Yeah, and Stephen Amell, that green arrow guy that was on wrestling at one point? <laughs> there you go. It's, it all ties together, folks. Okay. And who's about to be on wrestling again? Because he's about to do the yeah, all in, uh, all in. Which CM Punk's also kind of uh, uh, playing with. The, uh, he's he's fucking with people online, making it sound like he might do it. What's all, uh, I'm what's saying all now, in? if if uh, all in is the indie wrestling event that the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, oh, right, okay. Kenny Omega, etc., are trying to organize. Yeah, it's not even been announced where it is yet, but it's heavily rumored to be Chicago, and like a ten thousand yeah, seater. Right, yeah. it's the one you set up to uh, give the middle finger to Dave Meltzer. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. 
They're just like, if, fuck if it. We set up our own show. Fuck it. If they announced CM Punk, I think I'd have to book a ticket then and there. And, and even if they announced uh, Brian Danielson, I think I'd have to seriously consider it. Oh, yeah, it's going to hurt me if they do a Punk Brian main event or something. No, well, it's the, the the two possible main events or rumored possible main events would be Cody versus Punk or Cody versus Daniel Bryan. Fuck. But if I remember correctly, the the Daniel Bryan one is a little harder because the show's rumored to be right at about the same time as WWE contract expires. Yeah, I believe his ex- his contract expires like the day before it's due to start. Which right. Would mean he probably Rob- wouldn't be able to do anything with them. Practice wise, or you know, rehearsal wise. Yeah. Well, and not only that, no compete in his contract of ninety days, probably. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, if he's got compete, then yeah, he can't do shit. Oh, ninety days from the end of the contract. Depends on how it's written, but sometimes it is ninety days from the end of it. Yeah. That's shit. That means you're. That doesn't mean you're you're not out of contract. (laughs) I mean, if you don't get future endeavored, I don't know if it's in there. But if it's future endeavored, that's almost always in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you guys see anything online about uh, this uh, TNA wrestler, Zack Ryder's lady? Is it Chelsea Green? Uh, she was no. in a, she was in an indie show uh, in Canada where a gentleman was basically screaming at her, "Take it off, bitch!" Uh, that kind of thing. And apparently, she went out of the ring, got in the crowd, and lambasted this dude, uh, who then he just left the venue. Um, <laughs> the, the company she did that at was a show in Kitchener, Ontario, which is where with the PWA, which is where I used to ring announce and referee. So it's a little t- hey. t- tied up in a bow. And I was like, damn, she ripped into that dude. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I heard you talk about those crowds. You probably deserved it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I Absolutely, he deserved it. Uh, it. It came to mind because you mentioned the other day, JJ, on, on Mars Needs Podcasts. You said it's an indie show, man. You just do whatever you have to do. Because um, I started as just a doorman, sound guy, and then ended up refereeing main event matches and messing up the endings, messing up the finishes, and giving the belt to the wrong guy. But that's indie, <laughs> but that's indie wrestling, man. You always oh, yeah. talk about the the show that Jason went to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you see, he said, you know, the, the the they were wrestlers, and then they were refs, and then they were wrestlers, and you were like, hey, man, it's indie. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you know, even if your fellow, re- even if the wrestlers make you wear a medium sized referee shirt in front of the crowd. <laughs> <sighs> so do you I have. Do you remember Please. when we went to that indie wrestling show? Me, you, Matt, and Aaron. Yes. Um, um and Scotty Too Hotty was there and when he did the worm when it when the when the actual impacts, if you want to call that, hit whoever he was doing the worm on, the lights went out in the yeah. in this the, the sports hall. It was basically a, like a basketball indoor basketball court slash PE hall, you know, for school. Um and yeah, somehow the the, the, the almighty power of the worm knocked out the lights, which yeah. was just goes to show it is Probably the most powerful move in wrestling. <laughs> I remember leaving that show. We asked him if he would do a sounder for Smart Marks. Uh, there's like, and he said no. Yeah, there's like ten people in line, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm too busy." And I was like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> Bre- Bret Hart had time. Mick Foley <laughs> had time. Oh, but Scotty Too Hot, he's too fucking busy to do thirty seconds." Mick yep. Foley, who I'm about to meet soon. Hope yeah. it's not for a stand-up show. <laughs> Uh, it what it is uh, is a he's playing a club, but he's talk he's doing his uh, twenty years of hell tour. So he's talking. It's not stand up so much as he's just talking about hell in the cell and then doing Q and A. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I've I been to one of those. I was at a Y2J one um, last year, uh, about June, July. It was, it was really good, actually. It was very funny. He kept getting phrases over, like just random things that he would say and then commenting on the fact that he got them over. Like he got the phrase 20 euro over because he was talking about spending different types of money around Europe. Mm-hmm. And then every time he'd say 20 euro, the crowd would pop. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody got really drunk and shouted something out that I didn't quite catch. And then he was kicked out by security and he ended up getting the fact that he was getting kicked out. He got that over as well. It was quite impressive. He's a master. I saw oh, uh, but- an, an, an ROH show once, which I think might have been Cesaro or Claudio Castagnole's last show. Uh, and I was standing next to Lenny Lilac, who's now a wrestler in the aforementioned PWA. Anyway, Charlie Haas came out, and as he jumped, two-time Royal Rumble, that's Roy right. Roman. When he jumped on the turnbuckle and put his arms in the air, I popped, and my buddy Lenny leaned over <laughs> and went, "You just popped for Charlie Haas, brother." And <laughs> I've never lived it down. I'm still ashamed of it to this day. <laughs> I would have popped. I've often, I've often mentioned that uh, I somehow, I within like a you know, a two-week, three-week period during a time when all me and my friends did was get stoned and play SmackDown. Uh, I somehow won a Royal Rumble twice with Charlie Haas. So amongst me and my friends, he just forever became two-time Royal Rumble. Yeah, Charlie Haas. You have to say it. It's like putting doctor before someone's name now. Yeah, that was the same show where a heel said, be nice, my grandma died, and a chant of, fuck your grandma broke up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's indies for you, folks. That's incredible. (laughs) Oh, God. Wrestling can be great sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. And then there's the WWE, right, boys? Yeah, indeed. I mean, there is a lot of good in the WWE at the moment. Yeah, what, yeah. Um, what, JJ, what's the favorite thing that's happened in wrestling for you in the last month? Let's go short term. In the last month, what's the last time you went cool? Uh, well, I mean, it, basically nothing is compared this year. It might be a little over uh, a, a month ago, but nothing's compared to the Royal Rumble winner this year. Yeah, that's yes, a fair play. I was yeah. Um, the, for the first time. I, I mean, I was, I I really wish the um, the WWE would stop sticking their dick in a light socket every time it comes to one of these supposed historic women's matches. They just keep fucking them up, mm-hmm. and I felt bad for Oscar getting fucked over on hers. But in a in a, I uh, will try to keep this politically light. But in a company that is uh, has board members that are in the Trump White House, <laughs> yeah, that both humble winners were non-white. Uh, you know, there are. I can't. I honestly. I mean, the history of Asian wrestlers uh, in uh, in the WWE is pretty light anyway. But the fact that uh, indeed. Two Japanese winners for the Royal, and they were and they were exactly who should have won. They were the wrestlers yeah. who should have won, and they did. And how many times do we go, oh, the Royal Rumble, we love the Royal Rumble, we watched it out of nostalgia because we always get mad, and then you watch this Royal Rumble, and you're actually like, 
Fuck yeah. Yes, the first time in years I was actually happy with the winner. Not like when you travel all the way to Ireland to watch it with your buddy and fucking Seamus uh, wins it. Was it Seamus? Who won it when we no, watched it? No, it was John Cena. Oh, that fucking John. Is that the one where we stropped and walked out of the bar and left Steve behind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when... <laughs> that when that being said, I do love how hard the WWE trolled us last year. Um, I ended up kind of just uh, enjoying how well played that was. Because like, if they were going to have Randy win, the only way that Randy could have won in a way that we wouldn't have been mad is that they bring Roman in at 30. Exactly. Yeah, they played that yeah. perfectly. Which shows they yeah. do know how to use Roman. <laughs> Obviously. I mean... Now I think Roman's a lot more over now than he was a year ago, but yeah, and he, he was over. As, more... He was over as fuck during his promo on Monday. You know, to them yeah. compared to what he usually gets, they were loving his promo on Monday. Very true. I mean, when he came out, he was booed out of the building, but by the end of it, then he had fit, he had done well. It was one of his better promos. I still think the best promos I've ever seen out of him were when himself and Cena feuded. Was it? I can't remember what for Survivor Series maybe yeah. or somewhere but he was great uh, during those uh, the two of them kind of got really mean with each other and uh, you could tell that they were able to ad-lib more than, than what seems to be the norm these days yeah that was when Cena caught him out once or twice for getting his lines right and he was like if you want to play with the big boys you're going to have to something you know that was yeah, but- the the funniest thing though was um when Cena tried to give Rain shit for his fly being down, he was like, "You you can't even be what is it? You can't even make sure to zip up your fly before you come out here. Look at the stadium." And Roman said, "No, I didn't forget. It's broken." And then he just winked to the camera and went, "Big dog." <laughs> 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 and I was like, "That is amazing. If that Roman was what we got week in week out, I'd love him because yeah. that was genuine. That was like there was there was uh, there was." hints of classic rock in that you know like kind yeah. of cocky but funny at the same time i mean and if he, i love this promo the night after beating taker where he didn't say a single word for like nine minutes and then just said this is this is my yard now and i was like make him heal because yeah. that was amazing because yeah and he was and, and at one point he just pointed at his palm and he went oh man you know off mic but you could hear him yeah <laughs> He's uh, he, I mean, he's all you have to do is listen to an interview with him. He's a very, very funny, charismatic, and he's putting on decent matches. I mean, if we hadn't been uh, trained to hate him, we might love him by now. Oh, I can guarantee you, there's probably old podcast uh, audio of me praising the time that I met the Shield uh, at a kind of a you know a little signing thing at a toy shop in Dublin before a live event, a live house show. And I met the three of them. They were all in a queue. Well, you know, they were all at a table signing things for kids and taking photos. And uh, Dean Ambrose looked hungover. And Luddy Reed didn't want to be there. Seth Rollins looked completely disinterested. And Roman Reigns was the only one who I actually had half a conversation with. And he was really funny and charming. And I made a joke with him. I said, so is everyone going back to Seamus' mother's house for dinner after the event? And he laughed. And he, and he just said, I did not get that invitation. And you know, he, was, he was he was cool and funny and and after that I was like oh my god Roman Reigns is the cool one of the Shield and obviously I loved the Shield at the time. Okay, remember, it, remember way back when? Remember the This Is Awesome chant 
when it was the uh, the Shield versus the Wyatt family, and we oh were all losing shit. Yeah, and everyone, yeah. everyone lost their minds. And remember, remember the year before he got booed off the planet for winning the Royal Rumble. Remember the Royal Rumble before that, where Batista won it, and Roman Reigns eliminated I think eleven people, and he was the most over I think he ever will be in his life. And if they had pulled the trigger on him, then who knows? Like, yeah, yeah. Armchair booking is a delight. Yeah, it's 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 the most fun you ever get out of WWE products. Definitely. But uh, the best thing I saw this year still is um, I really liked the women's elimination chamber match, especially um, Bliss's promo afterwards, where she kind of punked everyone, thinking she'd turn face, and then went complete double down on arsehole. Yeah, she there there there's, there are very. A lot of the women on the roster right now are fucking rad, and not, you're not just saying that to be polite or correct anymore. You're, they're actually. So, I mean, a lot of their matches are better than the men's matches. Sometimes, though, I still get a little bit of a vibe of that we're all being a bit nice. Sometimes, and it's it's a problem I have with all lightweight wrestlers. Um, the the the, the ring is designed for people of a certain height and weight, and when you're smaller or lighter than that, you know, average, it looks silly when you try to do certain things. Like, for example, when smaller or lighter people try to bounce off the top rope in, a, in an Irish whip, it doesn't look like the rope is bending at all, and it doesn't look like it's giving them any spring. Yeah. Rey Mysterio got past that by doing it on the second rope instead of the top rope. I think a lot of women should do that too. Like, if you're five foot tall, like Alexa Bliss, it's going to look ridiculous if you're attempting to use your body weight to bounce against the top rope and, and spring back, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because, because your your head is at the top rope. So it looks like you're kind of putting your arm around it and then stopping and then starting again. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, Charlotte Flair looks okay because she's tall enough. Nia Jax... But like I think certain light Bailey looks okay because she's a bit more uh, stocky. But like the lighter women wrestlers, sometimes it looks like a bit stagey for things of that for reasons like that that annoy me with small wrestlers. Mm. Um, well, I can say that you know when I started watching wrestling, which was the the tail end of the bikini model era, right? Um. <clears throat> yeah, cause like I remember when you guys were doing smart marks, you guys were always talking about like, oh, Kelly Kelly's in the ring, time to go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but what <laughs> I remember hearing, what I remember is like I would watch wrestling, and so my girlfriend, you know, we, neither of us would watch the, the ladies' matches, we'd be like somewhere else. And my girlfriend would always talk about how it sounded like a fucking porno in there. Because it was always like the the way they wouldn't the way they would sell would be going eh, eh, <laughs> yep and, true and now you you know, even if you're just listening to a match it sounds like athletes and yeah, the true. fact that we also have it's not hugely diverse but we do have different body types in there now which you know when you look at the the fact that you can have a uh, like at the top of the card on men you can have you can have a Lesnar, but you can also have a Kevin Owens. Or a Samoa Joe. Both of them look like they would kick your ass. True. Um, no, yeah. yeah it's it, nice it, to it, have. 
So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's now to have like the, you know, the, it's, uh, you know, to have a Tamina and a, and uh, like you were saying, uh, you went, you just lamed like, you know, Charlotte's taller and, you know, it's not, they're not all like blonde Sports Illustrated bikini models. Yeah, they're athletes first. Yeah. Um, the same way with, you know, with the male wrestlers, if there's some good looking male wrestlers for the women to ogle, that's fine, but they will always be wrestlers first and then the looks kind of come second. Whereas definitely with, you know, during the Divas era, the looks were paramount and then they kind of trained models to barely wrestle. Which was painfully you know I mean? exposed in portions of the women's rumble when you had people like Kelly Kelly getting in the ring with these modern wrestler uh, wrestlers. Yeah. They're not divas or ladies, they're just wrestlers. Uh, and you see sort of the difference in quality of work and you think it's really, really changed. But then you got people like Beth Phoenix and you're like, fuck, yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> she should be champion now. Like, she was supposed to have the uh, the Mickey James spot, but she got a slight case of pregnant. As in very recently pregnant, or pissed, or you know, yeah, months no, she ago. Just had a kid last year. Oh, okay. Uh, her and Edge are together, aren't they? That's right. And they have they have a, they have a two year old and a one year old. <laughs> okay, yeah, because Beth Phoenix was legit back then, but she would have far better competition now. I'd love yeah. to see Charlotte Flair versus Beth Phoenix. Like. Yeah, that'd be a great Mania match. And yeah, it's... absolutely. I think Beth Phoenix is is she the one who's I haven't watched any of the mixed match challenge shit, but isn't she like one of the announcers for that too? I think she may she be is. the commentator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she is. You're right. And I only learned that yesterday when I was watching the WWE Network live feed, and they had a mixed match on. I've had like the first round of mixed match challenges downloaded. Sorry, legally acquired since they came out and I haven't gotten around to watching them. So I've completely been, I mean, you know that they're meaningless matches because they're not even on telly. So it's hard to get kind of into the tournament. Um, I know over here in my set, in my sector of this area, anyway, the mix max challenge goes on YouTube right after the matches. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. I saw the promo. I mean, I I thought um, I loved team little big. That was hilarious. Yeah. Putting the biggest of something and the smallest of something beside each other is always inherently funny. And uh, the <laughs> Team Gold, whatever they're called, Gold Dust and uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah, Mandy Rose. Yeah, she's really good actually on the, the yeah. mic. They the need to put them too. together. They need to reverse what they did with Gold Dust and his uh, and Melena and do it the other way around and now have him manage her. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be great. That's what frustrates me actually a lot about the mix match challenge is that they're making all these cool little combinations that you know aren't going to exist in a month or two. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought Ginger Snaps, is that what they call themselves? Uh, Sammy and Becky? I think so. They're fun to get. Yeah. They, they, they were funny too. Uh, Rose Gold were good. Little Big. Um, Finn and, uh, Alec- and Sasha Banks, I don't know what they're called, but they seem to be really digging the whole process. But I will I call you. I, I do want to call you on one thing though, Fitzy, because yeah. putting the big thing with the little thing is not always because <laughs> Kali and Swaggle was terrible. Oh, I wasn't watching them. Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture it. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. Well, Doink and Dink was hilarious. <laughs> Crash and Holly. I mean, Crash and Hardcore. <laughs> but they weren't the littlest. They weren't the littlest anything because they were allegedly well over four eight hundred pounds. So. Allegedly. Allegedly. There's that word again. I did hear somewhere 
that I guess there was an indie match this week that was uh, Ellsworth and Gilberg. <laughs> that would be quite impressive. What was, was there? Was there a time when the Gilberg guy dressed up as Goldust and called himself Gildust? Or am I dreaming that? I I don't know that. So I think maybe you made that up in your head, Sugar. I might have. I, I'm pretty sure. He, I'm pretty sure he's dressed up as other, you know, wrestlers with the weedy gimmick before. I just can't think of what they were, but maybe I'm inventing the dust. And if I am, trademark that shit. Don't you do me? Don't you dare! Without sending me a check. <laughs> the other great thing I saw this year uh, is pretty much anything with Elias in it. Uh, climaxing in him bashing or getting a double base bashed over his back by Braun. See, I'm not totally sold on Elias yet. Though when I went to a WWE house show recently, he was awesome. He had a reworded version of Wonderwall, uh, and uh, <laughs> the, the crowd were hating him but loving him in that wrestling way. He he had a reworded um, Allison Chain song when he played Seattle. I can't remember what it was. Not Rooster, but yeah. I just that, that is just a classic way to get to get heat. Like take I, take take hometown rock song, change lyrics to insult town. The end. I uh, I, I heard I read recently that uh, Trips was saying that um, uh, <laughs> was definitely someone who even when he was in, in NXT was obviously designed for main roster and not nxt Mm -hmm. and so the one time i've seen elias live was when he was still elias sampson with nxt and this will let you know around the time that i i saw the show because uh sampson couldn't get any of his shtick down because as soon as he walked out to the ring everybody just started chanting we miss sandow (laughs) oh god (laughs) i mean i do too but that's that's just mean (laughs) <laughs> and so I just, I, well, and cause this was like really fresh after that happened. And so now every time I, I see Elias, I mean, he's doing good work, but I do keep looking at him and going, yeah, I operate Sandow. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> You've ruined him forever. And well, I, I, like I, when, uh, uh, this was well, right before the revival, like really caught on. And uh, so the revival was putting on a, a really good match, but the ch- the crowd kept chanting, uh, "Which one's Dawson?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the the revival. I can't get. I just can't get behind them. Uh, there's some sort of weird, disgusted reaction I have to their their theme song. It's there's something very awful about its production, or the the, the vocals in it. Really, it's like ch- like nails on a blackboard to me. Well, I saw when I saw them, they had just an amazing match against a tag team that got broken up way too soon. Uh, it was the uh, revival against American Alpha. And, <laughs> well, we yeah. have American Beta now, so we what? We have American Beta now, so who needs American Alpha? Because the chemistry between Jason and Gable were just, Jordan Gable was just amazing. Yeah, but yeah. But when I saw took- them live, they were incredible together. I guys, guys, they took the black guy away, but it's okay because they replaced him with another black guy. That's <laughs> all the colors. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> when I saw, when I saw, yeah, just like you were saying, Matt. When I saw them live, and I so they were the uh, the revival were double teaming uh, Chad Gable uh-huh. and. Uh, <laughs> 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 
but seeing the commitment on on Jordan's face as he was like holding the little rope and like really wanted in there and stuff, I was like, that is a fucking clinic on how you stand, uh, you know, off to the side and stay interested in a match where you know you can't come in. Finger quotes. But yeah. It was just, I mean, I was like, I, 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 I marked out for Jordan and it's, it's really hard now for, to get <laughs> past this new storyline, but it's, he's still one, he's still somebody I, I, I love because his commitment is so strong. Oh, he's great though. He's channeled the accidental heel. He's like, like some Roman should look at what he's done. Right. Um, because even like when himself and Seth were the tag team champions and, they were getting interviewed. Was it on Miz TV or something like that? And he kept interrupting Rollins every time he tried to answer a question. And he'd be like, don't worry, I'll, I'll get this one, Seth. It's <laughs> 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 just way too over eager and trying to become like a, a new member of the Shield. It's like the classic, um, you know, overly excited little brother who's like, he like looks up to you and you kind of hate him and want him to go away. And thank God for the gauntlet to heat up Seth again. And cause oh god yeah seth is the best solo member of the shield and he's been wasted yeah well i think it's safe to say all three members of the shield have been wasted yes yeah but rose has just been wasted like <laughs> just drunk all the time because, because <laughs> when i look at uh when i look at dean ambrose i'm bored like his move Same. set his outfit like everything about him bores me and i hate he the second rope move that he does Oh God! The, the spring back yeah. fucking clothesline. He, he needs like I, you know, uh, you know, like you know, Disney World will like renovate rides and repaint them and repackage them as yeah, something yeah. new. That's what Dean Ambrose needs—a repainting, come back because he's a, he's a good worker and I like his promo. But fuck me, is that guy boring? When you have a move in your set that makes Randy Orton's second rope DDT look spontaneous, you need to fucking. Scrap that shit. Yeah, because that's when you're losing the magic of wrestling is, well, why wouldn't they just plant him in the head? Similar to when Cena does his five-knuckle shuffle. You know, you, yeah. There are things it's, where it's you're, like, you're losing the reality or the ability to believe in the reality because this move is cheesy as fuck. Like it's, it's worse than just, oh, this is scripted fighting now and they've broken the, 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 the mirage. It's more like, you're, like with that spring back clothesline, it's literally like watching like a a cutscene of a special move in a video game. Yeah. It's like yeah. he is, you know, he has begun the spring back animation now and it will not finish until he has clotheslined his opponent and then we can pretend this is a real fight again. Yeah. And especially when he starts doing it multiple times in a match. It's yeah. just like, fuck, how stupid does your opponent have to be that in the time it takes him to perform that entire act, you can't muster up some sort of defense. Like, again, yeah. it's like the. Why does everyone always try to punch John Cena and then allow him to do a back? What is it like a kind of a backbreaker or whatever you call that? Move, yeah. And, and then proceed to, to lay there for the next two minutes while he yeah. waves his hands in your face. <laughs> while he performs the worm. Yeah. <laughs> and why don't you just move your head out of his arms when he's obviously putting the chin lock on you? And there's so much room that you could fit your head and five other guys in there. Yeah, I've I don't know, man. If, if the palms of John Cena's hands were resting on my breastplate, I think I wouldn't be able to breathe either. <laughs> I love when uh, Cena was on Austin's podcast, and at the very end, Austin was like, you got you to tighten up that fucking move for me. <laughs> yeah. Tighten up for me, will you? <laughs> do, me one, do me one favor. <laughs> tighten, up that, tighten, up that, tighten up for me, will you? 
the other thing about Ambrose too, the, one of the things he really needs repackaging is as they are, you know, they're, you know, they just brought in fucking ricochet. This is, this is a really a company that is moving in a very athletic way. And you, you can't get away with looking like, uh, your, your uncle who drinks beers on their couch on the weekends when he's watching the kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. And true. And, I'm not saying that he's not fit. I'm saying that you can't get away with like the, the jeans and the life beater. No, you can't. He's, the, he's the sitcom uncle that moves in in episode one. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, you know, he's a, it's okay that his hair is thinning. I'm not trying to make fun of the boy, but you know, he's a, he's a balding guy in a wife beater and jeans. And he's just like, you know, Hey, you know, Hey, give me another cold one while you're up junior. Hey man, listen, <laughs> I just need five grand. Okay. And then by the end of the month, I'm going to give you 20. All right, so why don't you let me make you some money and just give me that five G's? Why are you being an asshole? It's a sure thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm telling you, in high school, I used to play football, and I was great. <laughs> I was the fucking man in high school. Yeah, he's always, like, saying hi to the 16-year-old boys around town, telling them that he used to bang their mom. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that might be your daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if he means that, that would be a fun character. But as yeah. this, you know, he's not leaning into that. That's know. what he looks. Like. I think there are too but many like, snowflakes all, uh, in there are too many snowflakes in the world for us to get away with a creepy uncle gimmick. That would be pretty funny though. It'd be great. And they could do like a whole Pat Oswald thing: the Uncle Touchy's naked puzzle basement. <laughs> you, you won't, you won't wear a shirt, and you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> Do me a favor and don't use the term, the term snowflake anymore. Just don't. All right. I'm, I'm well, sorry. I, I have to because I'm surrounded by them at That's the moment. That's true. It, it hey. being a tundra okay. outside. When you were talking about that, because it snowed here like crazy last week. I get that. I'm just saying when you're dealing with people, that yeah. term, at least in this country, uh, it's a trigger. <laughs> Your All snowflake right. is a all right. It is fu- it is funny to use it against those that would use it on you though, because you know it annoys them. Well, like yeah. ro- like real far right people, it's fun to use it on them because you know that when they say it, they really mean it as an insult. So for them to be assumed to be one of them pisses them off royally. Yeah, but again, I will stay away from politics. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. You've tried like three times now, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real mad. I know. <laughs> I know, baby. We know, baby. We know. I mean, I mean, me and Matt nearly died, but you've had it worse than both of us. <laughs> Agreed. Just living there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm chubby, ginger. I got one ball, and I'm still feeling yeah. a little bit better off, baby. I'll take the diverticulitis. <laughs> yeah, but don't give me that big orange, motherfucker. <laughs> chubby. She'll be ginger in one bollock. I think he just described the president. Oh! Uh, <laughs> well, I could probably do a better job, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Pretty anyway. sure. Anyway, no, we don't want to do that. I Listen, mean, it's, it's technically, not- it still falls under the wrestling purview since he was at a WrestleMania. That's true. And he is a Hall so of Famer. All, all we're doing is discussing WWE alumni. Yeah, so. he's in the Hall of Fame, like Jeff Jarrett. Exactly. That's right. Fucking <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Strange, huh? And like Jeff Jarrett, if he'd had the chance, he probably would have tried to sell you gold futures. <laughs> <laughs> I got the best gold, I got the, the, the greatest gold. <laughs> Everyone tells me it's the best gold in the world. You don't want to buy my gold? Sad. <laughs> have we uh, have we heard who the, the celebrity is going to be this time? 
Oh my god! Imagine if it was Trump again. I, oh, it won't be Trump. No, I, th- I did. Don't. I thought I did hear. Is Kid Rock already in there? Oh, that's oh, right. It is fucking Kid Rock. Rock. That's right. Oh. I remember. My I remember. Name is Kid. See, so, don't 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 quote his only good song when we're going to about to you know give him shit. Although before his we first... go any further, giving him shit, I will say I once begrudgingly attended a Kid Rock concert. Yes, it was full of the the kind of crowd you think it was, but his <clears throat> live show was pretty fucking dope. I I, I own a copy I, uh, of. Go on, De- sorry, you go. You, you go. Oh, I was gonna say I own a copy of what is it, Devil Without a Cause. I'm going platinum. What? <laughs> See, Pavlovian response. I know the song you're talking about. I know the album you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I owned Devil Without a Cause. I owned American Badass. I owned Cocky. I even bought his very first CD because it was re-released at the height of his popularity where the first track is called Yodeling in the Valley. And I promise you it's not about rock climbing. <laughs> and he had kid and play hair back then, like a white boy with gelled straight up hair. Aye. So he had yeah. kid hair. Yeah, well it was nineteen ninety two, I think. It was and like the, the the album cover looks like it was drawn by him. I think he released it like when he was fifteen, sixteen. Like it's it's one of those bizarre things that never would have seen the light of day during a period when I could have bought it, unless he had then later flukily become legit famous. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, God, I'm four CDs of his. I, I've given him too much money in my life. I'm ashamed of myself for having used to like Kid Rock. Um, not, not due to any political leanings. I don't give a shit what he thinks. I just, now when I listen to his stuff, it sounds like, it sounds like some scumbag who like accident, accidentally, stumbled upon a bunch of recording equipment and then just started fucking around with it. Yeah. He doesn't have any discernible talent. And yet he has managed to accumulate himself a band of session musicians that clearly do have talent. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. obviously you couldn't put on a stage show like that he does like he does without legit, you know, capable musicians. But he can't sing. He just kinda growls Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um and that the song that they have for the official WrestleMania song may be the worst thing I've ever heard recorded, ever. I haven't been watching the show lately, so I haven't heard it. It's just it some just random sound- uh, Pitbull-type song. It sounds like you took a template for, you know, name the city party rock song. Yeah. And, Adam, you know, it, it, it's so by the numbers, and there's so little effort put into it. Like, you, you can hear... 17 million other derivative shitty songs in it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, and the last line of the chorus is just, we're going down, 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 down town tonight. Like, that's how much effort he put into it. Awesome. Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Jesus. Like, it's one of those, I'm going down to this city to have a good time and forget my problems songs. And, of course, then he just slaps new orleans in there and he and he and you can't rhyme anything with new orleans so everything in the fucking chorus the last line is the last word in, in each line is new orleans so it just rhymes with itself not refried beans <laughs> Ooh, good one good one jj 
It's like that fucking song, the Werewolves of London piece of shit that he ripped off, where he rhymed funny things with funny things. <laughs> he, the man he, didn't no, he did, yeah. We were doing funny things and we were smoking funny things. I can't remember what the first one is. That's why I replaced it with doing. But, like, he's no talent. He's he's He's... He's he's one of the biggest spoofers in pop music history, I think. Although I got to admit, in a recent project, I did rhyme two with you and poo. <laughs> Excellent. So I can't help. I can't hate him too much. <laughs> yeah, but that song got as much publicity as it deserved. He's whoa, whoa, song for WrestleMania. Whoa. <laughs> That's how I happen to know that track that, that Lee's is talking about is going to drop real soon. That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> WrestleMania 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, so uh, earlier this year, uh, my friend Jason, who uh, has only been to one WrestleMania before, uh, and poor only bastard. One. Yeah, only one. <laughs> yeah. The poor guy. Just one. Well, <laughs> big, so he, the, the, the WrestleMania he went to, the poor bastard, uh, he was only able to go to 30. Oh God, no! How terrible! How awful! I know. So I'm mad, is, at, I'm mad at Jason again now. He was actually, he was legit there. He was legit there. I mean, he you know way wow. up at the, the nosebleeds, but he was there. He was there. Um, he was there when all the air got sucked out of the room when the Undertaker lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. Um, did, but did he did he say did he say that it like like badly affected the main event because of that? Uh, no, because they had the they had if I remember correctly they had a filler women's match uh, in between to like let people process and by the and the thing is Brian was so hot at that point that True. I mean that's the only thing that could have brought the air back I think. What um, surprises me about that whole thing though, and, and that, this is the perception I get from watching it at home, is like the only part that ended up being underwhelming was the crowd's reaction after the win. I thought for all the build-up excitement and the cheers that they got, I thought the final kind of you know, essential you know essential orgasm <laughs> reaction was a little underwhelming by, by comparison to the build-up. Yeah, mm. that, uh, that's, that's be, I don't. Yeah, well, it's getting worse the last few years, and I think that's because also the show is too fucking long. Well, that's true. But I thought I thought despite the length of the show, that would be too yeah. big a thing for them not to lose their shit over. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so we uh, so Jason and I earlier this year, because it was back in New Orleans and because he lives down in that area, we, we toyed with going this year and then just things didn't work out. So we're not doing it. But one of the things that we, we were talking about is that, you know, because they're back at in New Orleans that, you know, they, they've got to they've really got to try to to sort of get back to that vibe of 30s. So we we're like, this should be a an interesting match. And then after mania last year, where it looked like the undertaker was going to retire, uh, we were like, well shit, then we gotta, we gotta really try to get into the hall of fame because we were like, there's no fucking way that they're not going to let the undertaker go into the hall of fame at the city where he retired. I was like, that's a, that's a no brainer. And then when they announced <laughs> Goldberg <laughs> as the, as like the ma- the marquee name, I was like, they have really fucked up this year. Yeah, I mean, granted, imagine we would have spent the last year saving all that money, or you would have, and then that's the mania trip you're getting, the once in a lifetime is Roman Brock and Goldberg and Kid Rock. I, you know, <laughs> it would be okay for me if it if they do actually give us Shinsuke AJ because that will be a great match. 
Yeah. Will it be as good as their NJPW matches, though? I mean, they've got it in them. I know, well, that's not uh, that's not the question. I mean, will they be allowed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know because I mean, because I w- Vince is not going to want some spectacular performance that's going to um, make the Brock Roman match look duller by design. But I mean, you're dealing. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. But by the same token, you're dealing with with two. I mean, uh, we know that the the kind of wrestling that uh that vince likes is big man slapping big man yeah but you've got you know essentially two people who who wrestle like cruiserweights uh, i mean yeah i mean and in aj's case i from my money i think he's the best wrestler on the planet oh the yeah moment. yeah it'd be pretty hard to to debate that i mean you you know you would have some other people saying you know you could throw like osprey or ricochet in there but Osprey annoys me though. He's too eager with the crowd. He needs to calm down on the attempts to get them behind him because that always pisses me off with a baby face. I'm also I'm pretty impressed that they're throwing as much behind AJ as they are, just because the you know as much as you hate to say this, you know AJ's forty, if I'm yeah. correct. Yeah. So. He's only got a couple more years on top. I mean, I I, I hope uh, for his sake, I hope he gets. You know, they. I've heard Austin say that your forties are your your money years because you've you've made it to the top and you can just fucking coast for a while. And I hope that's true. I hope he has another, you know, ten years in him. You know, and not doesn't get hurt. But typically, that's not the case. He seems to be quite robust, and he seems to. He's. I mean, I, I described him recently to a friend as one of the only people on the planet that can wrestle in the safe WWE PG style and still make it look exciting. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, and- basically, when you're one of those great wrestlers that come from Ring of Honor or NJPW or whatever, you a lot of your weapons are taken away from you. A lot of your tools are taken away from you when you come to WWE because your movesets are restricted. They want you to be super safe. They want you to be, make scripted promos. They want you to have a, a, a small set of moves that are recognizable, almost like uh, plot progressors in, in the match, as opposed to just athletic prowess for its own sake. And a lot of wrestlers I've found, when they go from the more freestyle that you get in Japan or in Ring of Honor to WWE, they suffer greatly, and I find them a bit boring when they come over. But AJ has seems to have, he seems to be able to, uh, you know, uh, see the the matrix code <laughs> and he seems to be able to do the pg style in a in a fashion that is still exhilarating to watch right well and because we know it's possible because we've all <laughs> seen still that we're like that's why we watch <laughs> yeah i mean he's so good he made roman reigns look like a million bucks la- twice last year he agreed right. he definitely did he's or maybe it was the year before i can't remember yeah. I'm, I'm getting blurry but yeah he's he, that's how good he is and his two matches with Cena were incredible as well. And the, uh, and the uh, influenza mumps uh, meningitis match he had with uh, with uh, Finn. Finn. Yeah, that was that was also quite good. I loved him as a heel though as well. Uh, the whole yeah. made up John Cena gimmick just cracked me up. Yeah, that was great. Myself, myself and Aiden still quote that daily whenever we talk to each other. And made up John Cena. <laughs> I just want it back. I want I want him to start doing beat up Roman Reigns himself and the Good Brothers. 
And uh, not to mention uh, the man that he beat for the title uh, was featured in an one, under one minute loss in a dark match to Randy Orton at the SmackDown tapings yesterday. Wow. Well, that experiment failed. Oh, sure did. Um, I, I hope it was worth it for... Um, God, I'm forgetting his name now. Jinder Mahal? Yeah. Uh, Jinder, yeah. I hope I hope the 15 years the steroids took off his life expectancy was worth the, the few months of a title reign. Cup of coffee. <laughs> Cup of we coffee in the big time. Uh, we know it didn't help the, the sales in India like they were hoping. No, not at all. Yeah, true. There was a billion of those motherfuckers and they couldn't find the market slice. They had to cancel one of the two shows, did they not? There's fucking between three and four Americas in that country, and they couldn't find anyone to be arsed to fill an <laughs> arena, to fill an arena twice. To go and watch <laughs> Jinder Mahal. Yeah. When he's Canadian, anyway. I was about to yeah. say, if they would just acknowledge that he's Canadian, like he's from Mississauga, yeah, like close to where I used to live. He's he's not from India, baby. But he is like first generation, isn't he? Like his like his I parents. I believe so. Yeah. Like, he seems to be very... I, I obviously wouldn't be able to tell the difference between someone who is barely able to speak Punjabi and someone who's fluent, but to my ignorant ears, he sounds like he's fluent. Yeah. Which is only something you'd ever learn from your, like, parents or grandparents if you don't live in the country that speaks it. Well, and he did, you know, he has... Uh, and he did, from what I understand, live in India for a while because he, uh, he was managing Kali. Yeah, oh, that's okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was because Kali over there is like you know, a superstar, and so was, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was like the doing the uh, directing the matches. I forget what you call it uh, for for Kali over there. Well, yeah, I know booking, but there's another term. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see. I get I get, a conf- I get confused, and this is not racism. It's more. Uh, I didn't watch during the period that this guy was around, but what was the other Indian guy who wore a turban and claimed to be rich? And was it Tiger Ali Singh? Oh, and they went, uh, they almost went, uh, no, I don't remember. He was like a manager of Cali in WWE. Not an era I was watching. Uh, okay, the short, yeah. the shorts, the short, short scrawny guy. I, I, w- w- Tiger Ali Singh, the name doesn't ring any bells. No, because I can't no. really describe him other than no. more expensive kind of Indian clothing, like kind of you know those um, uh, Indian suits. They're like yeah. long uh, dress suits with kind of you kind of made of silk or whatever. And he'd wear the turban and he walked. And basically, was Cali's Paul Heyman, but you know. Uh, yeah. When I was watching, uh, uh, when I started watching, gender was three MB. So. Yeah, um, before he got all swole. Swole. Um, see, I learned about gyno in the last while, and now I can't unsee it whenever it exists. You know, it's it's short for some longer term, but it's basically when people heavily roided up have like little bitch tit nipples, right? Because it's it fucks with your estrogen levels and therefore makes that happen. And like now, like when you look at like Attitude Era Rock, he had it like severely and. Jinder Mahal definitely went from like normal slim kind of edge build to Roy D. Magoo, as they say on OSW, and uh, with little kind of moves, for want of a better term. So I was like, well, someone started popping them pillows. Oh. 
just eating vain. I mean, because the thing is, he's obviously working because steroids uh, are uh, they will they will help you get temporary mass, but they don't they don't you know, you still have to put in the work. And oh, right, of course. he is obviously uh, his his vascularity is insane. <laughs> he is. He looks like he's about to burst. I mean, it's like he just he just has like veins and meatballs for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he eats himself for dinner, and it regenerates him bigger each time. Yeah, exactly. The only place that he can get the correct amount of protein is on his own muscularity. Uh, right, and 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 now you can tell by looking at Rock that Rock's obviously a lot more natural now, but he also he looks tougher now than when he was wrestling. He's a lot more natural. As in compared to his older self, but Jesus Christ, the genetics he has to look like that. Oh, at, yeah. At, at 40, what is he, 45? Well, but the thing is, here's the thing about uh, bodybuilders in general, is that it takes a long time to train your body to do that kind of stuff. So top bodybuilders are almost always uh, in their like early 40s. Right, because they've built up the, the base level of, yeah, it takes yeah, yeah. Twenty years for your body to just go. Okay, this is our normal. It's it's insane. I mean, I don't know how he gets anything done other than shoot films and work out and eat well, eggs. Probably never read about his his fucking diet. Good God! Yeah. There are videos there where like people are like, "We tried to eat like the Rock for a day," and you know by like noon they're like, "I can't eat anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I saw his cheat day. He posted a few years ago a cheat day Instagram, and I think it was like a stack of maybe 15 pancakes. I was just like, how could you, how would you not die eating that much bread, essentially? It's just, I don't, I don't understand how you could physically put it inside you, but (laughs) (laughs) how could you fit that big, long, thick stack inside you? Without, here's, but, um, here's a practice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you plenty start, of fun. You start off. Oh, oh, God. You start off with a little stack and work your way up. Ooh. As much as that's the perfect ending to the show, I thought we could <laughs> wind down with a, a dirt sheet rumor that I read today uh, regarding WrestleMania. Uh, obviously, the, the rumor is no Undertaker Cena. Uh, and the strong mm-hmm. rumor right now. Oh, right, you don't mean the match. I thought you meant like neither of them are turning up. You yeah, the no, there wrong. will not be an Undertaker versus a John Cena match. And the strong rumor now is discussions are in place for John Cena versus Rey Mysterio. I heard that, yeah. I I um, I watch too many YouTube dirt cheat shows. Um, <laughs> pardon? As do I. I heard this rumor as well. well yeah, what do you I think, got it boys? off. The- what do you think? I got it all support. Wrestle talk. God, I'm so nervous. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I love Wonder Ollie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much where I've been getting most of my wrestle news. And again, like all great um, acts that get over with me, I hated it at first. And now I love it. Yeah. For me, I listen to post-wrestling, to Canadian guys, and I don't watch really Raw or SmackDown regularly. I listen to them, and what they tell me to watch, I go watch on the YouTubes. I've been watching Raw every week since SummerSlam, after being away for maybe a year. Oh, wow. And, 
I might go away again after WrestleMania, but and then concentrate on New Japan until next SummerSlam. But um, I was so mad at SummerSlam. I invited people over for SummerSlam. I was so excited because Shinsuke was getting his first title match, and I, I actually I drank the Kool Aid. I was like, "Gender, you know, it's not working. They're gonna give it to Shinsuke," and I was like so excited. And then I uh, I've watched one episode of Raw since then. Oh, you were that enraged? I was, and I've only, and the only pay per view I've watched since then was the Rumble. I mean, watching WWE is like being in an abusive relationship, anyway. Yeah, I it's love you, matter, it's, Yeah, it's only a matter. It's a cycle of. It's like, where are you in your cycle at the moment? Are you not watching out of disgust, or have you decided to give it one more chance again? Yeah, every time. Yeah, I'm in the one more chance, and at the moment. My patience is wearing slightly thin, but because of WrestleMania coming up, that's enough to keep me there. And Elias and Braun Strowman and uh, Alexa Bliss. Um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to a lesser extent. That's about it. That's a, that's all that's keeping me there at the moment. Well, and I and I will answer your question, Matt. You did answer. Uh, you did ask a, us a question. I will get there, but I have a question as well. Okay. How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about the the uh, the Rousey situation? Oh, God. Um, I nearly ate my own face out of embarrassment at the start of the promo, at the start of the contract signing promo. Right. Ronda Rousey, I mean, what she did in the UFC is exceptional. She's, like, clearly going to go down as one of the greats. She, you know, single-handedly almost made um, women's fighting in the UFC as big as it is to, to the point where I would now argue that it's on par with like tennis for the equity between the, the genders. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, people get as excited about a UFC fight, be it men or women in the ring. You know what I mean? So and she was hugely, hugely responsible for that. The way she, article, uh, sorry, I read a great article about the, the, uh, the fact that she is almost single handedly responsible for bringing up the athleticism. Uh, oh. And she inspired people who then were better than her. So Absolutely. it's probably the perfect time for her to get out. But it is certainly the reason that it has gotten to the point of where everyone can kick her ass now is because she brought them there. And Correct. that's really amazing. That's absolutely yeah. what happens. And that and and the way she exited, you know, was maybe not the, the, the best. Uh, if she had given a few more post-match interviews, I think maybe she would have come, come across a bit better. But she's clearly someone who has a very strong work ethic and a lot of talent, but it's all built on a very fragile ego, I think. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she gets quite emotional quite easily when it's perceived that the crowd are against her. And at the start of the contract signing, the crowd started to turn a little and you could tell that she was shook, really yeah. badly shook. And she could barely get lines that were clearly scripted out. And you could see Triple H and Kurt almost trying to coach her along to get past that first rocky part. Then, I think someone described it, and it was quite accurate, they described it as a segment of two halves because the first half was awful. But then she totally redeemed herself in the second half when she went, she went, ass kicker mode you know because she yeah. has a really really good threatening resting bitch face and she needs to use it more especially in wrestling because mm-hmm. it she looks like a stone cold killer when she's her resting bitch face on 
Yeah. And and when she fucking judo through Triple H through a table, that was money. And then the fact that she let Steph slap her and then just kind of stared her down and didn't even bother to hit her because, you know, the implication being I could end you, but yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> it was great. Like they totally redeemed it, but now they need to. Um, she needs to never smile and be friendly on on promo again. None of that. I'm just happy to be here. Grateful bullshit. Yeah, no, that's, that's meant, day one. You can get away with that, and then it needs to go away. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's the way it was scripted, then that's fucking genius because she starts off all grateful and then she finds out the truth about Triple H and Steph and then she turns into a badass who's pissed off at being screwed over. That's great writing, if that's what the intention was. If it wasn't, it's fine. It's been rescued now. And now she needs to be an ass kicker, fucking killer eyes all the time. Well, I mean, uh, the rumors they want her to be a female Stone Cold uh, going against uh, Stephanie. So Yeah, oh, that's, that, that's why I said there was a you know, tiny, tiny chance that the main event would be Rousey versus Steph because Steph wants to have her dad's moment. You know what I mean? Steph thinks, you know, that she's going to be the next fucking Vince McMahon just by genetics when everyone fucking hates her. She's got X-Pac Hitler. It's too soon. I mean, it's too soon. I mean, we have to... I mean, because the thing is, I I am not sold on on Rousey because I'm afraid they're going to we were just talking about how good the talent pool is and I'm yeah. afraid they're just going to bury them all. Yeah. And yeah. And protect her weaknesses. Um, because, and again, the problem with Rousey's fighting style when she was at her peak was that she was basically a legit Goldberg. Her matches didn't last very long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she just arm buried into oblivion and you're fucked. So right. like, you know, her ground and pound game was, was, you know, you can't, you can't defeat it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why she eventually got, uh, found out because she was exceptionally good at some things, but once you trained to counter those things and you also had this pool of, you know, uh, ability behind you, you were going to, you know, eventually it's the nature of athleticism. The best always gets toppled and then there's a new best. Mm-hmm. But, I'm okay but, with Ronda. Um, but if they want to sell her, if they want to sell her that way in WWE, you're going to end up with a lot of Goldberg matches. So I don't know yeah. how they want to do it because, but she, but she doesn't have the performed wrestling background to be able to have long, you know, Iron Man matches, Iron Woman, sorry, mm. Iron Person, I don't know, Iron Giant, we'll call them. Well, when it was Bailey yeah. and Sasha, they called it Iron Man match. So did right. they? Okay. Okay, you said uh, you're okay. I'm Matt? okay with Ronda coming in uh, because she seems like she wants to come in for the right reasons, but you alluded to it earlier. I was not okay with the way she came in and took all the heat from the Rumble. Oh. Yeah, that was lame. Now, I know that uh, her coming into the Rumble and not winning it sounded silly, but I thought in a way you could have you could have had Asuka still win. You could have had Ronda come out at number 30, and while she's busy doing the whole I'm so happy to be here wave, Oscar just quickly just tucks her out, just chucks her over the top, and then you can get the whole Ronda has to be dragged out of the building because she, you know, she was too busy waving, and then she could do the whole it won't happen again. It was, you know, it happened once, it won't happen again, and then she doesn't steal Oscar's heat and she still gets the moment. But I thought it was they those Oscar just literally had to stand there while Ronda walked to the ring waving at the crowd. Right. All, like, all the serves. I would love it if she comes in and demands a match with Steph and Steph says that she's got to earn it. And, you know, so she starts out working her way 
through through the division. I mean, go ahead, leave her a free agent. That's fine, but yeah. you know, have her go through uh, the you know, even if, if so, if you're building to the fact that she's getting the stuff and she's the one who who beats Oscar, I could even live with that as long as she works her way through the SmackDown roster and continues to win. Uh, by doing some crazy MMA shit, and then works her way through the Raw, and eventually beating Oscar, and then getting him, and then having a match against Steph, I could deal with that because that would take about a year to get there. Yeah, mm. and that would be a year of us watching her, you know, win, and also, <laughs> and then you also have the storyline of the fact that then the women see that what she does, and then they can counter it. Yeah, and then she doesn't necessarily have to be the most dominant person and can still be someone who's, who's at the top. Cause like, I don't know what they're going to do with Oscar once Oscar loses. No. Yeah. True. I mean, cause she's not great in the mic. Um, I find her awkward even in the ring at times. Um, uh, she's got some great kick moves and, but, but her, she, again, she tries to, she does what Will Ospreay does a lot. She tries to get the crowd behind her too much. Always bugs me when people do that. Um, I, it needs to feel organic to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let them cheer or boo. I, I don't mind when heels give out to the crowd, but what the opposite is a bit cheesy. But yeah, once they break the streak with her, it'll be you know like you should lose that special spark. If they, as you said, JJ made, left it a year and then built it up to Rousey versus Oscar next WrestleMania, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, even and if they, it was. And maybe Even if, uh, Rousey wouldn't have lost by then either. So it's streak versus streak. Yeah. That'd be that, cool. That would be great. <laughs> um, and to ask answer the question you asked a while ago, Matt. Yo. Uh, I think that if you're going to have uh, the nostalgia match that they always want to have, I think that is a great way to put, uh, to give Cena and Mysterio... Because uh, they're at this point, they're both kind of nostalgia acts. Yeah. Um, putting Mysterio it, looks amazing, though. He what? did, yes. Mysterio did Mysterio look amazing in the Rumble. So good at the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, no. Mysterio looks better right now than he has in a long time, and I and I would love to see it be Mysterio coming back and actually kicking ass. The OSW uh, guys described him as uh, WCW era Rey Mysterio if he'd spent a few years in prison. <laughs> well, the, but there's two there's two important questions about a Mysterio Cena match at Mania. One, who goes over, and two, who cares? <laughs> uh, what I would say the answer to both of those, at least in my opinion, if Mysterio's coming back, then I do care, and Mysterio has to go over. Okay. Let me, let me put that to you. What if, what if it's a good match interrupted by somebody like Braun who's pissed off for not having a better place on the card and he crushes them both? That'd be cool. I mean, that I'm all for Braun. I, I don't see I, why. The problem is, I know what you're going to say, JJ. The problem is it buries Mysterio immediately. Well, no, it doesn't necessarily bury Mysterio, but what I don't want to see is Mysterio have a Kalisto run with Braun. Yeah, I, I mean, because he'd have to get his revenge, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, Mysterio's better than Kalisto. I mean, Kalisto's fine, but Mysterio's way better than Kalisto. Yeah, is Kalisto uh, even still there? Forgive the ignorant question. 
uh, he went to 205, and then just uh, he like everyone else in 205 just went. So yeah. so so no. Yeah. So no. There used to be a guy I really liked on 205 Live. I can't for the life of me think of who it is. It's almost like he's just been erased from my mind. Maybe take some drugs and force yourself on a woman, and then you'll remember his name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ugh. I didn't mean to chuckle there, but uh, we just went dark to end this fucking thing. <laughs> oh, well, there's a question I wanted to ask at the start to you know move away from that asshole. Um, did anyone hear the rumor? And I think this might have been put forward by Joe Rogan a bit more enthusiastically than it should have been, but it's been fascinating me ever since. The whispers about a possible Floyd Mayweather CM Punk UFC fight? No, I haven't heard this. I think Floyd Mayweather would fucking destroy him, though. Correct, if he could punch him. Like, if he could get punches in. But CM Punk's been training for, like, three, four years now. Ground game versus zero training. Ground game. You never... It would be definitely the most... The most level... Uh, I could I could think of you know the most level playing field I could think of for Floyd because anyone else in the UFC it would be a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see it. I think if if Mayweather's getting in the octagon, it's going to be for the inevitable rematch against your man. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's true. But if that happens, that match lasts eleven seconds. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask because a sidebar question? Was is Conor McGregor? Did he get murdered by Irish mobsters? Is that is there an Irish mob after him right now? No, nah, they tried to kill him, but he just beat the shit out of them all. Fair enough. Is. All right, cool. Carry on. <laughs> but yeah, I, think, I mean, the, the McGregor uh, Mayweather UFC fight would be far less compelling uh, a prospect than the boxing match ever was, because you know Conor McGregor had a snowball in hell's chance of upsetting the status quo in boxing, but Mayweather has even less. In UFC, it's just, he just does not have the skill sets needed to perform at that sport. There are two different sports. Whereas, like, you know, this has been said a million times over, I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but at least McGregor, all he had to do was stop doing things he could do and try and improve on his striking. Whereas Floyd Mayweather would have to learn an entirely new skill set, which he wouldn't yeah. be able to do. Yeah. The, the the idea of changing your 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 feet from footwork to kick work is that's yeah. a huge skill difference. Oh, it's a completely different game. It's 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 a different thing. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't like fighting where people actually hurt each other, so I tend not to watch UFC. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. I love it, but. <laughs> um. I, I used to be I used to be a huge boxing nut, and uh, I even when I was a kid I really wanted to be a boxer, and then I met some boxers, and now I can't really I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> so you want to be a boxer <laughs> in the golden in the ring? Golden ring. <laughs> Love that movie, oh, of course. Well, you say of course. It's actually not that known in the states. No, but of course you do because you know you educated. He <laughs> read good. Yeah, you read good. You watch good. You like it. <laughs> it was definitely shown on uh, a lot at Christmas time here, probably because yeah. it was cheap. And I understand it's it's uh, uh, schools will perform it there too. Yeah, um, I've heard I'm that. sure they do. I I never did, but yeah, I can imagine it's, yeah. it'd be perfect for uh, it. For those who don't know, Bugsy Malone is the film we're speaking of. And it's it's like a kid's read telling of Bugsy. 
with music by uh, Paul Williams. Paul, Paul right. Williams, yes. The weirdest yeah. looking uh, songsmith there ever was. Oh, but he's so good. He's so oh, good. he's amazing. He's amazing, but he looks like a hobbit. He looks like <laughs> a, a, a hobbit in the a hobbit David Bowie. That's what he looks like. That's he's, a whole uh, description. Yeah, actually, it's not bad at all. <laughs> Why he could write all that great Muppet music? Because he's only one stage away. That's true. Uh, it's not That's... wrestling related, but maybe we can finish with this fucking bugbear I have, if you boys don't mind. What's all this finish bullshit? We're just getting warmed up. Yeah, you no, know, these are this is in the old days where Smart Marks went three and a half hours, man. God damn it! <laughs> with me standing at a fucking bus stop and people calling the police on me. <laughs> I fit see in my earphone going are you getting arrested right now <laughs> dude leave me on the phone I want to hear what happens true story <laughs> it wasn't dude get out of there are you okay it was dude leave me on the line so I can listen <laughs> I want to hear them beat you up <laughs> to visit here that shit's legal <laughs> exactly uh, but uh, si- the, the Muppets are coming to the UK to do two live shows at the O2 uh, I looked at tickets, uh, and in order to like, in order to get tickets and seats that are good, because let's be honest, it's a fucking twenty, thirty thousand seat venue, okay? And you yep. going to see the Muppets, not so the you, tallest, or right? Of you don't want to sit in the nosebleeds, right? Otherwise, you're just going to be watching it on a screen. So yeah. I went for kind of floor seats, relatively close. Now, obviously, we live in Wales, near Cardiff, not London, but. For us to travel to London with travel, a hotel, and tickets to this show, we would spend almost as much as we spent to spend my birthday at Disneyland in Paris. And so presumably you're going to both shows. No, <laughs> we ain't going to neither because I was like, I love the Muppets, but I don't love the Muppets that much. I'll just watch my DVDs at my, home. I'll just put my DVDs at home. <laughs> That's right. So tickets were, were upwards are going to be upwards of three, four hundred pounds for the two of us. You got travel, damn. hotels. Oh, man, I love me some Muppets, but damn. I got to say, I wouldn't even be that interested. I'm not into modern Muppets. I can't I can't listen to Kermit when it's not Jim. I know, that hurts. But I, lo- I did, I, this is going to be the odd opinion, but I like that recent show they did. The sort of behind the scenes one? I know of it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see any of it. Yeah, I uh, didn't have TV at the time, so I didn't watch it. I will tell you, I, I, so, uh, I, I had many conversations before that Muppet movie came out with Jason Siegel, the Muppets. Yeah. And I was the guy all throughout before it came out going, give it a shot, give it a shot. And a uh, certain friend of mine, uh, who's uh, also Irish, who can be remain nameless, was like, it's going to be shit. It's going to be shit. And I was like, dude, you always <laughs> say everything is shit. So, you know, don't don't call it shit right away. And then we saw the movie and I was like, OK, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, here's the thing. When it first came out, I watched it and I enjoyed it. And I maybe watched it a couple more times while I was drunk, enjoyed it still. But it's completely left my brain and I, I never have a I never want to watch it again. It just kind of it was I think it was fun at the time and because there were Muppets in it it made me excited to watch a full movie with Muppets in it. But uh yeah, yeah it's just I, kind of consigned to history now. It's I wouldn't even consider it canon or anything, you know. Yeah, cuz it was a Muppet movie where the where the humans were forefront and uh and although I love Flight of the Concords, uh the the music by Brett 
just felt like Flight of the Concords music coming out of the Muppets, and it right. just didn't work for me. There is that aspect to anything post Jim feeling decidedly on Muppets. Yeah. See, just... I say that, but I, I, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I watched that. I, I, I had never. I had only seen that in school, like when I was maybe nine or ten, and we watched it one of the you know the day before year let off for Christmas holidays, mm-hmm. and. I watched it for the first time since then last Christmas and I was a little underwhelmed. The songs didn't really stick with me. I could I liked the production of it. It all looked great and all that, but I'd already watched two other Christmas carols that year. One mm-hmm. of them being my favourite one, the one with the Albert Finney one with the Thank you very much. Thank you oh, very much in it. That's the nicest uh, thing anyone's ever done. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is the best song to ever sing to a corpse. I just oh. think it's just yeah. Well, and that movie's got my theme song, man. The the one that uh, uh, that Finney sings at the beginning, and he's like, "I hate people." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on ignorant asses. Oh, it's great. But uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's to say that the two the two Christmas carols that I watch every year, the two that I have on Blu-ray, are Muppet Christmas Carol and Scrooge with Albert Finney. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, but after watching that one and the old, old black and white one that was on TV, because we yeah, yeah, I don't. Who, who did you say? Alistair. I can't remember his last name. It's like Alistair. Yeah, my it's a C name, but my brain just wants to say Crowley, and I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very different religious celebration. <laughs> um. But I think I was burnt out on the the the, the story, the, the Christmas Carol story for that Christmas. I'd also watched the the Disney one with them, um, Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge, and you know Mickey Mouse as Cratchit, and that's a beautiful. So I was kind one. of it's also it's also brief, and I had it on video when I was a kid and kind of watched it ad nauseum, you know, in July. Yeah, as kids often do, they don't get seasonal breaks for things. That's why I always feel pity for parents whose kids become obsessed with Home Alone at Christmas because you're still watching it in March. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I kind of burnt out on it and it didn't really hit me as anything great. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Maybe I should watch it again next year. I, as you know, first tastes can be whatever, but I it is I love uh, I, I absolutely adore uh, uh, Michael Caine's performance of Scrooge in that. And again, yeah, it's music by Paul Williams, and so it it oh. music fits for me. Yeah, maybe I need to hear the songs a second time, um, because I, I, at the moment I can think of none of them except for the song that I already could remember from my first screen when I was ten, as the Marley and Marley song, the only <laughs> one that stuck in my head. Um, and I love the, the I love just the idea of making Saturn and Waldorf two Marleys, and the um, fact that they make it. Jacob and William Marley, and you're like, oh, it's uh, Robert Marley. Excuse me, Jacob and Robert Marley. So you're like, oh, it's Bob Marley. Cute. Bob Marley, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, tell, uh, tell J- JJ. Now we can judge Fitzy. We can judge him, Fitzy. Tell JJ what you told me yesterday. What did I tell you? Jesus. Via messenger uh, regarding we- musicals. Oh yeah, I've never, from start to finish, in its entirety, seen Greece. I mean, I've seen a lot of it, just not in one continuous sitting. And I don't like a lot of the songs from it, but I really love the Frankie Valley song. But I didn't know 
this is gonna make me sound really stupid, but even though it's called Greece, I didn't click that it was from Greece because it's not. It's just in the credits at the start. Yeah, it? it's not like yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like a Greece song. Just well, it's, like it's not in the musical. Unless they use it yeah. re- because of the movie, but when I did the musical in high school, that song doesn't not it's not part of it. Not at all. But yeah, it's like, it, it was written as a theme song for the film. Yeah, which is oh, why it sticks out. Such a tune. Tune. Just that opening. Yeah. <laughs> it's a song. I, uh, I grew up uh, obsessed with Greece. I had the soundtrack as a kid and knew. All the lyrics that I grew up later and went, wow, how did my parents not right. tell me I shouldn't listen to that? <laughs> Why? Is it kind of creepy in hindsight? Well, lines like, uh, you won't cream, the chicks will cream for grease of lightning. And we'll, though, not to mention, we'll be getting lots of tit. Oh, yeah. That's and a we'll, line? We'll, we'll be, be getting, getting lots, lots of tit and grease lightning. Oh yeah, he also calls it a real pussy wagon. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, beautiful. And, and is Grease the name of the car, or is Grease Lightning the name? Grease Lightning is the car. And so Danny Zuko's cock. So then, what's Grease? What? Grease is what you put in your hair. Grease is the greasy. word, man. Okay, so it's not like it's not like stroke or swagger or something like that. It's not like no. Grease is the word. No. Is the word. Is the word. Is the word. They're greasers and they're and they're grease monkeys because they also they work on this car. Right. Which is not Danny's car; it's Kaniki's car. Well, it's Kaniki's car in the movie too, but they don't really pay attention to that. Yeah. Oh my god! I was watching an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend last night, and someone who was a shit actor, um, and it was overly theatrical, got described as uh, someone said, "Shut your mouth, Kaniki's understudy," and I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did, you ever, I also, did you ever perform Grease, JJ? No, uh, I have. <laughs> I, I have done a bazillion musicals, but I have never done Grease. And I was about to say, I also grew up adoring musicals, and not everybody. So did does. I. But that's the thing. So did I. That's that's why it's strange that I'm kind of cold to Grease. I love musicals. That's uh, that's why I'm currently obsessed with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because you're guaranteed like at least two musical numbers per episode. Oh. Um, and she, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, um, this girl did a sort of a jokey love letter song to Ray Bradbury called Fuck Me Ray Bradbury. Bradbury, which was okay. I, I thought it was funny, but like she's the creator of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So uh, there, if I, there was a part, so I thought the song Fuck Me Ray Bradbury was a clever idea, but if I remember correctly, they, she does something at the end that just makes it blatant, and I'm I, yeah, really... she, yeah. I think the line was, uh, "And by book, I mean vagina" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, and, but, and the thing is that sometimes works, but I feel that people rely on that a little too often. The, she could be accused of that, I suppose. That is kind of her comedy style, but I, I find it definitely works at time sure. uh, a lot in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, because she's kind of dealing with, she's. I mean, the the the, the title alone, like it's it's it's. You could argue that it's a problematic title, but she's kind of subverting the whole notion of women who are you know driven crazy by men and all they care about is obsessing over men and stuff. And she's kind of in a fun way subverting that whole trope. 
throughout the show so it works it works for that kind of subject matter i know that there's a song in there about being bisexual that a lot of my bisexual friends like really latch yeah, on. it's called i'm getting by <laughs> like as in i'm doing okay <laughs> hey. but uh yeah and, the, and that's sang by one of the best characters and it's called daryl um but yeah, I, I, no, I'm enjoying it anyway. But yeah, my point was, I do love musicals, and I probably should legally acquire Grease and maybe watch it from start to finish. But you know, we all have musicals that uh, we all have stories or or whatever that we that you know everybody else likes that we don't. So it's entirely possible that that one might not work for you. There are definitely music out there, musicals out there that I feel are too showy, right? I always feel that the musical needs the songs need to kind of flow from the story. Otherwise, a musical becomes a hey, or we are telling a story, and then we're going to stop for a song. Disney yeah. movies sometimes fall yeah, on that. Like, like yeah, this is what I want song, which is always the first or second, the second track in a Disney movie, like Meet Heroin. She sings about her longing for a better life, kind of thing. Right. Or if I go for a musical that I know that you like, but whereas the music in. Um, in Book of Mormon just flows. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I can really hear Frozen in Book of Mormon and vice versa. You can really hear the, I can't think of the guy's name, but you can really hear his songwriting influence in both of them. Right. Well, have you are you familiar with Avenue Q at all? I saw Avenue Q once when it came to Dublin, so I'm not massively familiar, but I did enjoy it immensely okay, when I saw I mean, it. did Avenue Q as well. It's him and <laughs> Oh, I know, I know, yeah. Like, that's how they met. I, I, Trey and Matt kind of... Um, asked to go for beers with him after they went to see it once at Broadway and that's kind of how they met and started working on Book of Mormon together I just can't think of his name it wasn't it himself and his wife wrote Frozen and Avenue Q but then yeah. it was just him with Trey and Matt for Book of Mormon I didn't know but um, but yeah the reason sorry the reason Grease came up yesterday was because I was really bored and uh, maybe mildly stoned and it was snowing outside so there's nothing else to do and I was desperately seeking anything on Netflix and I stumbled upon something I hadn't seen since I was maybe eight or nine as well look who's talking and I decided to watch it <laughs> my god that's a fucking awful film <laughs> um, I, I must have watched it a hundred times as a kid because have you ever have you ever revisited a film that you almost have completely forgotten that you used to be obsessed with it but, but then when you put it on despite the fact that you have no conscious memory of it, you keep getting these crazy flashbacks like yeah. half a second before before yeah. a line will get said. Oh, yeah. That happened to me all throughout Look Who's Talking. And then I, I started remembering, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I watched this maybe for an entire summer every day when I was about seven. <laughs> um, of course, all the jokes going over my head. You know what I mean? It, it's That's not an appropriate comedy for kids at all. <laughs> this is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it was sold as I mean it was a huge hit at the time, um, and yeah it's just, it, it, well I, I was saying at the time as well how does no one or how did no one not know just how completely gay John Travolta is? It's like how has he been how has he been keeping that one a secret for so long because he just. He, he, it's like watching John Barrowman try to act straight in that movie Shark Attack 3. Yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, dude... Read man. Pardon? 
but John Travolta is a married man. He has of had course. a wife a long time. That's that's, that's correct, JJ. Thank you for reminding me. And he has procreated. Correct. Just, he'll, he'll, he'll take any excuse to dance in the film. Like, there's no need to dance in the film about a talking baby, but he somehow managed to shoehorn it in there. I maintain, um, like I said yesterday, I like it. I know you, you did, but you also said that you were on morphine at the time. That's very true. It could be part <laughs> something that, that could be something to do with it, cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed some awful shite in my day just being mildly high. I've never tried morphine, but I'm sure I'd even enjoy Adam Sandler films on that hey, shit. I wouldn't recommend the reason I needed it. And no. I can't really go out of my way and say I'd recommend morphine, but not all bad, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to tell you, not all bad. Yeah, well, don't go course. out a heroin addict or, or cut off your nuts. But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. If it's required anyway to have morphine, then enjoy the ride. All I'm saying is if I am lucky enough, which I probably won't be, but if I'm lucky enough to like make it to like 85, 90 years old, I'm a straight up going to try heroin. <laughs> oh, I've said that. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, full on pure directly into the vein, just heroin. Give it to me. When I, when I turn like, uh, if I'm lucky enough to like turn mid eighties, I'm, I'm flat out becoming a junkie, like lust for life, stealing pe- shit from people's purses. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh. <clears throat> save up your, save up your little, you know, heroin nest egg, buy the good shit. Get it, get it, get get someone knows what they're doing to fucking set you up with a needle and just you know ride that horse. And if you die, who gives a shit? You're 85. That's right. Go you're on a blaze of glory. You're meant, you're meant to be dead now. Yeah, no. Both my folks died in their 60s. I mean, I, if I make it to that, if I make it to 80 something, I'll I'll be on borrowed time. Word. <laughs> so why not borrow from the best? <laughs> because I think I think it is established. That, despite all of its plethora of awful side effects, being on heroin is like generally considered to be one of the best experiences you can have. I mean, granted, what you are—I I mean, I guess the way to really do it, if you're going to be scientific about it, is to do it once and then go. Well, that was nice because you're yeah. never going to get that again. Oh, is that, that's that that is my thing. I'm not I, I, you. You brought it a step further and once. Oh no, no, I'm the one who said I was going to be. Yeah. Well, because it was for me, I mean, I was given the stuff, uh, it was basically like a cough syrup, but morphine based. Uh, Nice. And when they gave it to me, the doctor was like, just have like a little bit and then wait and have like a little bit more and then wait just to see how hard it hits you. And of course I'm at home and I'm like, I ain't scared of shit. So I take a good old (laughs) swig, right? And I'm like, this ain't doing shit. And this all stemmed from, he said, well, how often are you in pain? And I was like, I'm not in pain when I'm sleeping. Is that good? (laughs) And he said, so all the time? And I'm like, literally all the time. And he's like, all right, we'll try this shit. So anyway, the first night I try it. Next thing you know, I'm dribbling on myself. And I am <laughs> higher than Jesus on the space shuttle, baby. God damn. And, and you know, I can remember Rachel going, are you all right? And I'm like, or, or Rachel saying, does it hurt? How does it feel now? And I'm like, does what hurt? <laughs> I ain't got nothing no more. I ain't got no hands, no, it's no shit. legs. That's right. I can't feel my toes, baby. What did they take off in that <laughs> surgery? I can't feel shit. <laughs> the cancer weren't in my fingers. Where they gone? <laughs> but the, the, and the, the narcotic. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say the the. Uh, I guess the the good part of all that was the fact that it was prescribed to me by a cancer specialist in a very unique situation. Therefore, not something that's ever going to be accessible to me again. 
So it was all right to enjoy the ride. Exactly. Right. So I wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm going to go down to Asda and get me another bottle of that shit. <laughs> I think the only narcotic I've ever had, because, uh, I mean, growing up with my mom, my mom uh, was a master of... This is a side note. This is not saying that I actually did uh, this part, but my mom was a master of going to a doctor with like phantom pain. And so she would have all these prescriptions around and then never take them. Right. That was just right. my thing. So, I mean, she had like a world I, war three stash of pills. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up in a household where there was like, you know, oxycodone just in the cabinet um, and never went near that shit. But when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, uh, they gave me Vicodin. And so I think Vicodin is probably the strongest I've ever done. And the thing about Vicodin is what I found is I would take it and I was like, my mouth still hurts, but I don't care. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And find yourself that what I found is as I was trying to, because uh, Americans are notorious for not finishing prescriptions. We don't like to do it. Uh, We're built in. We have this stupid, like life is pain sort of thing. And so yeah. we are, we are, you know, notorious for doctors will say you have to finish this prescription. And you're like, I'm down to two or three. I'll just stop. Um, so when I s- tried to stop taking the, the Vicodin, you know, I still had several pills, but then I would find myself sort of going, Hmm, do I have pain? <laughs> yeah. <might> have- yeah. <laughs> maybe one, maybe one more ride. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll just. Maybe I have a little bit of pain right now. And then eventually, you know, I, I did start going, dude, you just want to get high. But <laughs> <laughs> let's see if I can go less than zero pain. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if I can just sort of like watch Power Rangers, which I find insipid. So <laughs> let's watch Power Rangers and get high. Except for that team song, though. Yeah, who oh, that's a tune. Uh, for that me, mine was uh, mine was He-Man when I was on the, the, the heavy drugs. The He-Man cartoon, Masters of the Universe. Um, but I had to turn it off because obviously back then it was built for commercials and every like three minutes it goes, he man, and it would scare the (laughs) shit out of me every fucking time. (laughs) I know what you mean. The little, the little stingers. Yeah. I I recently, I recently went back and watched the first like 10 episodes of he man and She-Ra and it's every fucking four minutes. Yeah. And it's loud. It's so much louder than the rest of the show. So I'd get a nice yeah. level. My eyes are closed. Cause you don't need to look at masters of the universe. You can just listen. And then he man, uh, She-Ra wasn't as yeah. bad. So I ended up watching more She-Ra cause hers wasn't as loud. My, my worst was, um, again with the American pain drugs. I mean, I've heard of Vicodin and I've heard of oxycodone. I know that's a, uh, based on a morphine based thing but I, I, if there are similar things over here I think we have different names for them because I've never I've never heard of anyone on this side of the pond with those drugs but okay. after, after I came back from hospital the, with the diverticulitis and I was on painkillers I was on a thing called Diphene which was a fairly strong painkiller and then I was taking Salpidine as well which was a the mixture of like codeine and paracetamol it's an over the counter Right. But not really over the counter thing. Plus, I just got a new vape, and I was told that weed really helped with pain killing. <laughs> so I was extremely inebriated one afternoon, maybe a day or two after coming out from the hospital, and I decided to watch. Uh, have either of you seen Arrival? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen it, JJ? Okay. Well, anyone else who hasn't seen it, spoiler alert, because I can't tell the story without ruining the ending. But um. I watched it really high, really enjoyed it, but was so incapable of following the plot 
that I thought that she had a second daughter at the end of the movie. <laughs> I, I thought she'd learned her lessons from her dead daughter and then decided to have a second daughter. And it wasn't until the next day that Ian kind of gingerly suggested that maybe I should watch it again sober. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it like because I thought it was incredible the first time I was like this is one of the best sci-fis I've ever seen and that was without even understanding the basic concept of the film the second time was even better I was like oh that's what happened oh my goodness oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was clever that was clever <laughs> you mentioned the vape and like positive health uh, elements I mean for myself personally um the first round of chemo that I had was the only time that I was like, nah, I give up. This is too hard. I'm not going to be able to fight this. This is awful. Uh, but that was because I still had a seven inch cut across my midsection where they had taken my testicle. So I was in agony yeah. and too afraid to cough or sputter or sneeze or anything because it was agonizing. By the time that wore off and I was able to get back on the green, the Mary J, the oregano, as JJ and I lovingly call it, um, <laughs> Honestly, within like two days, it was like much better to the point that doctors at the hospital were saying, oh, you, you're looking vastly improved. Um, so I'll always stand by the fact that its health benefits by far are hugely beneficial because I can tell you that with 100% certainty that that helped save my life, among other many other things. But that was a huge part of it. Oh, God. I mean, absolutely. I, my My condition was never as serious as yours. I wasn't. My, the reason I ended up in hospital is because the diverticulitis was misdiagnosed as food poisoning for the first two weeks. So it kind of continued unfettered for the first fortnight. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't until I was out with work colleagues uh, for someone's leaving due. And I knew there was something very wrong, but I didn't want to leave early because I didn't want to be that asshole. Like, you know, you get the dirty looks for leaving yeah. uh, a kind of would buy do early Story and then I, I, yeah, I nearly collapsed in the bathroom in the pub and then I was like I think I gotta go home yeah <laughs> but oh. yeah no no doubt no doubt the fucking weed helped with my um, recovery yeah. like it, it was it was the best painkiller it was the only thing that made me able to eat anything oh yeah that's where I was gonna go next was I hadn't eaten in probably more than a few bites in like three four days I was losing weight every day they were wearing me every day yep. going any more of this and we're gonna put you on a fucking feeding tube uh, yep. you get back in there and all of a sudden I'm eating Skittles I'm eating Monster <laughs> Munch I'm eating chocolate bars I'm like yo Rachel go get me a milkshake baby <laughs> it's a it's a much different situation, but I mean, cause I'm, I'm in a situation now where I, I have a moderately government based job and I get randoms. So although I live someplace where it's legal, uh, you might have to randomly legal. pee in a tube though. Yeah. It's not legal for me. So I, right. I, I, I've, I've said goodbye to it. But, um, when I first got my CPAP machine, because I've sleep really bad sleep apnea and it is, Oh, I have one too. All because of you. Oh, you did get one. How's that working? Yeah, well, I don't fall asleep anymore. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah, oh. I don't. I I can read again. I don't fall asleep. Oh, oh my god! It's yeah. It has completely changed. Uh, yeah, it's changed my it's changed my life in that kind of stuff. I can watch a movie all the way through. And yeah, not I was asleep. gonna say I could watch a movie in one sitting. That's a fucking thing I forgot I could do. 
Me too. Um, now, is this uh, but, sorry? Sorry, is that because the machine allows you both to sleep better, so you're easier? It's easier to stay awake. Am I being so? What happens when you? Yeah, because when you when you when you have sleep apnea, what happens is that your uh, your airways close when you sleep, so you can't breathe. So it does two things. First of all, you don't go into deep sleep. Um, and also carbon dioxide levels build up in your blood. So when you wake up, uh, not only have you not had good rest, but you don't, your uh, the oxygen levels are in your blood are so low that you're not, you're not carrying nutrients to your, your body. So you're sleep deprived and you're oxygen deprived. So it's almost impossible to stay awake for any period of time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I had a conversation about two years ago where I had just gotten mine and it did wonders for me. And he was talking about having troubles staying awake. And I was like, dude, get a sleep test. It's amazing. So I'm so happy to hear you did that. And it was but, all because of you. I think it was the last time we spoke. We were recording an episode of Mars Needs, maybe. Yeah. And um, you just mentioned it out of the blue that you'd gotten a sleep study. And I think your exact words were something like, you know, us big folk, we have enough problems in our hands without making the sleep. Uh, you know, another one of our problems to deal with. So I, yeah, for that, I think like a week or two later, I rang up my local uh, sleep clinic and the whole ball rolled. I went on a sleep study. I ended up looking like Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Oh yeah. Um, one, one of the nights. And then, um, yeah, it's been great ever since. I mean, again, another thing that it does is you were saying the, the sleep deprivation, the oxygen deprivation. It also, like an apnea is like a thing where you wake up in the middle of the night and that like shoots adrenaline into your body like you know multiple times during the night which is bad for your heart too yeah so it's also that it's also got that long-term health problem and basically what it does is for anyone who doesn't know it blows air down your throat which acts like a sort of an air splint so that the walls of your throat never close they're constantly open and able to receive like it's not oxygen or anything it's just air from the room Right. But and then, and then you breathe as normal. And because of that then you have a constant flow of oxygen all night, you go into deep sleep, you get a proper restorative yeah. sleep. Yeah. yeah, and so um uh yeah, and so uh, there again if you're a larger person, you know, you your chances of heart disease are are high enough anyway, and that does a you know, and so taking away one of those uh one of those chances is amazing. And uh it, uh, it also, if so snoring is not a sign of sleep apnea, but it can't a symptom. And if you are someone who snores, a, a CPAP machine also has the benefit of you don't snore anymore. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. It, it, yeah. I, I'm a silent sleeper now. And yeah. I, I don't know, both me and you were not silent sleepers. <laughs> oh, so you and Eric in room sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fitzy, I slept like, in another room from you, motherfucker. I slept next door the one time I could steal you, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I, uh, when I first got my, uh, when I, yeah, when I first got my machine, like the night before the first, I knew I was getting the next day I had, uh, Elizabeth, uh, record me cause I'd never heard me snoring before. And right. it was such a completely different sound than I, you know, cause I expected the stereotypical, you know, like, yeah. but it was more of like this sort of weird gasping. Oh yeah. And, I, I mean, I've slept in the same hotel room as you use. It's like you were fighting for breath. Yeah, and then, yeah, you go, and then your lips do this sort of, you relax, so I you didn't do the noise I just did, because my lips were, I was laughing, but you do this, like, 
you know, and I would, I would, I would have an apnea, which is a, an event of not breathing. I would have them 99, uh, 99 times an hour. And I was quite Jesus. low. Mine was only, I think mine was only something like 13 or 14 times an hour. Apparently I was low on the scale, but clearly yeah. it was enough. I think mine was an accumulated, uh, like over 15 years of maybe having it undiagnosed. And that's why my sleeping, my sleepiness became worse over the years because there is this, I can't remember the full medical term for it, but like basically the long-term sleep deprivation, like that won't just be solved by one good night's sleep. You need, like, because it's accumulated over months, you need to repair the damage over months with good sleeps. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's changed my life. It's it's only slightly a pain if I have to go somewhere, uh, you know, that is my own home. But I think since I got it, I got it in November 16. In the end, and that, and that, I think we were talking in January or February of 16, so that's how long it took for me to get yeah. the first sleep clinic and then the second sleep clinic with a, with a machine. You know, the first one, they don't give you a machine. They want to just read your sleeping patterns, and then the second one, they put a machine on you. And then um, I had to organize it. Pardon? Mine was all one night. I slept half the night uh, until they, you sleep. Until it's like if they decide you don't need one, they don't put you on a machine. But obviously, I fell asleep, and they're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> <And put a laughs> the building's on. about to collapse. <laughs> um, uh, but no, mine was over. Mine was over two nights. Um, thank God I had private health insurance at the time, which I don't have now. Um, otherwise, it would have been it would have taken me a lot longer, and it would have cost an awful lot more. Um, but and then I had to get you know some government forms filled out and eventually i got my, my cpap machine and uh, oh. fucking lifesaver i've maybe i've maybe slept without it maximum of 10 times since i got it uh, i've slept without mine once uh the, I, they've all they've all been accidental like if i came home really shit-faced and was watching something and kind of kept saying i'll put it on in a minute and then i just fell asleep by accident kind of thing. right yeah no the, there was a building down the street from my apartment that exploded uh, and because oh, I remember it was, you me about that actually. I remember you seeing seeing it on Facebook. There was a gas leak. They wouldn't let us in for anything other than to get our cat and get out. So I wasn't able to get my apnea machine that night. And uh, I woke up that night with like this sore throat because I was like, oh man, I've forgotten how to snore. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was an unintentional sort of like anybody out there. If you if you have trouble staying awake. For any like that's one of the main things that you'll notice is if like if you just you're one of those people that can't stay awake for for reading or watching a film or something get a sleep study it's really important yeah but yeah. The, I brought because, it up because the more important thing it was before you uh, sorry because you know in the short term it's great to be able to stay awake and that but it's more important for your long term health benefits because yeah. of what the damage that you're doing to your body by not sleeping goes far beyond just falling asleep in the middle of Lucky's talking. <laughs> but I mean, right. you know, to, to finish, my, well, that's sorry, what I mean is to finish on that thought was anything like that, if you're not sleeping properly, if your tummy doesn't feel right, or if your testicle swells to the size of a tennis ball, go see a doctor, right boys? Check that shit. Exactly. But what I was, uh, but just to finish the, when I first got my apnea mask, uh, so you do, you wear this mask that blows air, you know, there are different kinds. You can have them where they kind of go uh, like right over your nostrils. You can have them where they go over your full, full face. Um, the whole face. What do one, you have? I have the, what they call a, a cushion, which is the kind that just kind of goes right under your nose and up your nostrils. Wow. Cause I couldn't, I, my started with only nostrils, but 
my nose is too blocked too often for that to yeah. be a nightly possibility. So I had to go full Top Gun. Yeah, I had the full Top Gun, but it uh, it uh, it like just tore up my nose, and plus I have facial hair. Um, so it didn't seal properly. Oh yeah, I know that was a. I was told that would be a problem possibly, but for some reason, my shitty beard uh, still manages to to seal. Probably, nice. probably the fact probably the fact that mine isn't as thick as yours is a saving grace in that regard. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I basically when they they said you know you might have to shave for this beard, I was like or to, for this mask, I was like fuck you who get me. I'd rather else. die. <laughs> I hate my chin and I'm not gonna look at it. Fuck you. But um. But I, but because I had that, that, that these like, basically it's, you know, like earplugs go up your nose that blow air and you can breathe just fine. But I, I kind of have a, a anxious nature anyway. Uh, and so I would just lie there and I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I wasn't able to get to sleep because I felt like I was going to suffocate, even though I could breathe comfortably with this thing. And, uh, so going back to what we were talking about with the, uh, uh, health benefits of the green. All I had to do was like take like two, just like two hits off of a pipe, mm. and it would just calm me down enough to think about something else. Yeah, <laughs> it was you know it was a lifesaver. Yeah, you know, I I I really miss the sleep I used to get with uh with weed and my apnea machine. Man, I, those were those were days where I could sleep through anything, and I, oh, I miss. Oh. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cheesy and dramatic because you said lifesaver, uh, and also a lifesaver literally for me the last year is uh, my friendship with the two of you. Uh, so you know, oh, I want to say thank right. you for that. You know, it's been since 2009. Um, that you know, I started getting to know you guys. So it's been such a long time, and uh, it's beautiful to catch up with you. Uh, and again, on a cheesy side note, thank you both for the last year. You know, you were both checking in and saying hello, and uh, it's hard to explain how much that means when you're you're feeling that way. So, you're both beautiful people in my books. Well, right back at you, and I'm glad you pulled through it all. That cancer yeah, shit. I'm, I'm glad both of you went through something and are okay because the world is better with both of you in it. And you're living proof that. Uh, you know, given good advice on his works, because without without you, I probably wouldn't have the CPAP machine. <laughs> so from that, the three of us being friends is just better for the whole world. Exactly. At least for us. Yeah, for the three of us, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about these we listeners are, when they see this two and a half hour episode going up, motherfuckers, but... <laughs> you, you can tell I haven't recorded anything in a while, because I feel like I haven't even started yet. Anyway. <laughs> Ladies... <laughs> but yeah, one uh, one side effect of my recent treatment and all that shit is that uh, your boy gets worn out easy. So, um, you know, we're coming to the point where you're talking about falling asleep, people falling asleep, and I'm like, shit, I, I, I could fall asleep right now, goddamn. Uh, well, I'm going yeah. to go, go fill up a vape and see if Look Who's Talking Two is on Netflix. Yeah, or or <laughs> if you're really lucky, Look Who's Talking Now. Oh no! I never went that far. I never actually watched that one. Well, that was the Talking Dogs, wasn't it? I know what the fuck it was, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I've got some. Uh, I've got some prep I got to do, and then I've got another podcast to record later tonight. So we. Wow, busy bee. Well, this one, this one's from Matt. I got to do one from me. Well, <laughs> I, you, I'm a open to invite myself anytime you want me to pop on and talk shit. Sure. Uh, yeah. Still. 
Uh, last time we talked, you had a day job that kept you from uh, American hours. Is that still kind of true? Oh, I've still got the same job, but I mean, okay. I can. Um, it, if if you were ever recording on a weekend. Yeah, uh, I work weekends at the moment, so. Or if you were off, well, if you were off during the week, and yeah. I was, you know, I could record in the evening my time and morning yours. I don't know. I just was trying to see how your situation is. Just getting feelers. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm. It's the same situation. Nine to five, very boring. Okay. Uh, I'm a yeah, I, uh, I, I work all sorts of funky hours at the moment. Now, I, I, and I can kind of explain more once Matt stops recording. Yeah, beautiful. Cool. So, saying that, why don't we do that, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Fitzy is available in the universe. All you gotta do is think about him, and he's there. Uh, JJ Hawkins, you can That's get man. Yeah, you can get JJ Hawkins from Mars Needs Podcasts. Make sure you check him out, and. Um, I'm Matt motherfucking Lees. This has been Smart Marks or Legend or something. It's been fun for me anyway, so I want to say thank you very much. Say goodnight, JJ. Goodnight, JJ. Say goodnight, Fitzy. Goodnight, Fitzy. Thanks for both playing along. You're both beautiful. Goodbye. Hey.